If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I'm gonna have fun. No fun until tomorrow. Today's my birthday. Happy birthday <laughs> to Pat. I think I said that last year during my birthday podcast. But anyway, it's Tuesday, May 8th. It's one day before my birthday, but when you're hearing this for the first time, it's May 9th. So it is my birthday, and it's a CU podcast. And this is Ian Ferguson beside me. Hello. I'm Pat Contry, the birthday boy. We have a birthday podcast lined up. We have birthday cake around. We actually don't. Every year I buy myself an ice cream cake. Maybe I'll do a Hell Kitty one this year. So we got lots of fun lined up on my birthday podcast. We're talking about uh, the Fortnite Avengers promotion. Since we're going to get into Fortnite like the rest of the world, uh, Nintendo Switch finally revealing their online service after like eight years, it seems. The I Am 8-Bit Mega Man 2 and Mega Man X uh, special collector's cards. Uh, what else we got going on? The Neo G- Geo Mini's been leaked. Coleco's evolving. Oh, boy. And your Q&A, Ian. How are you celebrating my birthday this year? How am I celebrating How are you your gonna birthday? Celebrate? I'll be working tomorrow. Are you working? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. That's a celebration? That's a celebration. Can you give me my Master System box finally for my birthday? Yeah. It's only been like eight months. That <laughs> would be just nice. sitting at home. Okay, just, just thought that came to mind. You can just wrap, you can wrap it up and pretend it's a present, <laughs> even, though I, I, even though I got it with store credit. You, you can did. Do Speaking of the store, yeah. we're going to be at Luna Video Games. May 26th. We're going to be at Luna Video Games, the Chula Vista location. Uh, Saturday, May 26th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. PST. Well, if, well, you would know that if you're in San Diego. Otherwise, I don't know where you're coming from. Someone actually said they might fly out just to say that. I said, I wouldn't probably do that. It's probably not worth the trip. No. Uh, it's probably not. Not worth it. Let's, let's get frequent flyer miles to burn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I w- San Diego is a great place to visit. Yeah. Okay. If, if you're on vacation... If you're looking for an excuse to take a vacation already, and I a, guess. And maybe it's rainy. You can't get to the beach that day. And it's the only day you can go to the beach. You know, instead of seeing a movie on those vacation beach days, you come see Pat and Ian at Luna Video Games. And we'll have, uh, you know, a certain NES guidebook there. Ian and me will be hanging out. Probably set up like an NES to player that you'd think. Or Who knows? <laughs> well, let's pretend we know what's going on at, at our appearance. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to be in the back. We're going to be in that back upper raised room. There's no TV back there. Doesn't mean we can't do something at some point. Some TV back there. We can do. We can, we can put something back. We'll there. figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll lug out the sharp NES TV. Ooh. I still haven't tested. That's sitting in the other room. We're missing screws. You have a sharp NES TV and you don't even know if it works. No, I don't. It was sent to me. It was like pieces of someone sent to me and said, "I think it works." Oh boy! All right. Is that, is that my bad person for not knowing if it works? Yes. Okay, I'm a bad person. <laughs> Most people would be really excited to get that and would test it out. Like I got that it. Day. I, I got it a year ago. I don't know. I, I didn't have room for it. Dean, I moved into Castle Country because the condo... You're also, already you, laughing at yourself. Do you remember, You're trying to trick... Do you remember how small the gamer was before? No. 
you take for granted how large this oh this room would be a lot larger if it was organized but this is like five times the size of the old game room so in here i can put it over there carry on my wayward son are you jealous of my sharp nes tv <laughs> no okay i just think it's silly maybe we can use it on at the next uh nes marathon potentially that could be actually very interesting it could be if it, if it has an av out on it i don't know if it has an av out on the tv Mm. Oh no! But no, you don't need the AV out. You split from the NES to the TV. This could be interesting. Well, no, then we can't put it. You can't put the cartridge inside. There's no output. It has to be an output on the TV. Yeah, I'm overthinking this. I think. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> I got nothing planned. Maybe I'll get uh, Wednesday tacos, and uh, I always buy myself an ice cream cake. I always do. Uh, what did you think of Avengers? It was good. It was very good. I liked it a lot. You sat behind me. I sat behind you. Uh, you looked like you had a very sore neck. By it was awful. It. Yeah. I, I, was, I was literally all the way back. I, I could not follow the actions. I had to see it again. Yeah. Second row back, I'll do at the lot. First row, I won't do for anything. It's just not worth it. Sure. Um, but no, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Uh, obviously, a little bit spoilery here, but at this point, if, if, you, you haven't seen spoiled it. within three yeah. days. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of stuff I liked. The <laughs> end of the movie <laughs> is just the. the, the um, I felt the reaction to the end of the movie was a little bit overplayed by most people. I, I don't know. Well, people saying they were crying or well, could, it, couldn't it, talk for two hours. It, I don't know what they expected. I think that that should have been expected. I think everyone knew that that was going to be basically the ending going in. Everyone was joking. No. For months, everyone was calling it Avengers. Everyone dies. Everyone knew everyone was going to die in I, Avengers. I think the casual people had no idea, especially the people that only started watching these movies the past like year and a half, two years. It seems like a lot of people have started watching these the past couple years. Like it's finally a cool thing. That that's you true. Know? And and don't get me wrong, I love the movie. It's one of the best Marvel films they've put out. I don't know if it's my favorite. Top five. Winter Soldier is still. Winter Soldier is still the number yeah, one. Yeah, it's it's still the best. I think. Um, it's just in a superhero universe, death is so hard to take seriously. Sure. That you look at those deaths and you go, oh, no, that doesn't mean anything. But then you look at something like a, a, a true spoiler that, you know, um, you know, you don't see many people talking about. It. Look at something like Gamora's death, which that's that's a little bit more. OK, that one, I think, is certainly a bit more in the balance. You know, that's one. Oh, no, I think the pre ending deaths are dead. They're, yeah. Loki's dead. I'm pretty sure he's gone. So. You know, Loki's gone, Gamora's gone. And obviously, you know, being a comic book movie, they can change that stuff. But I, oh, felt, sure. I felt like those were the more impactful moments uh, as opposed to, you know, the end where it's just like, all right, we're going to roll these dice and, you know, 50 of the 50 percent of these are going to disappear. Well, I could see I could see the Gamora death coming, but it was still sort of shocking to see it because how they did it was sort of like, oh, shit, this is hard to watch. But it is what you have to show. Thanos has a complex character willing to kill his beloved, I guess you want to call her stepdaughter, you know, and do it. And he does it to achieve his goal. So that was, they made Thanos as more interesting than I thought they could have sure. by doing that. A lot, have a lot more interesting. Infinity Gauntlet, the story, I'm sorry, that story sucks. The actual graphic novel, uh, the, the collected stories where this is very loosely based on, it fucking sucks compared to even this movie. I'm sorry, the, 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 the motivation in the comic book sucked for Thanos. They did a hell of a lot better uh, fleshing out the character here. Uh, than than what they did in the comic book. Oh, he wants to fucking have, have be, be friends with death and fucking have sex with this human form of death. That's basically what the, what the motivation is in the, in the comic books for for Thanos to, yeah, to kill it, off everyone. And it's like okay, so they actually did a lot better here, I think. 
I think in a lot of ways they did. I mean, it doesn't hold up particularly well. It was, uh, you know, the quintessential... It was a uh, mess. 90s crossover. I mean, it was big for that. But there was still plenty of great framework to take from it and turn into a modern-day movie. I mean, in terms of, like, imagery and things like that? Well, the basic groundwork was a fantastic oh, sure. way to bring the the heroes together under a banner that, you know, a lot of people knew, even if they never... A Bruce Banner? ...read comics. Sure. That's I, a Bruce Banner. Uh, that was one of the few things that surprised me how much in the trailers were not in the movies especially that iconic shot of them all running out with the, the hulks running out yeah end. it's like hulk was it in the last 95 percent in the movie yeah <laughs> you know, which is an interesting choice <laughs> and, it, and it makes sense and it gives them more to do um and more to play with and everyone have character arcs so that's what's going on there and i do like what they're going to do with the next avengers movie it's going to focus on the original avengers because they're all still around they, they, they didn't flake away including Ant-Man, because I think it's it's already been known that Ant-Man's going to be in the next one, and Wasp and um, Arrow Guy is going to be in the next Avengers. So that's going to be like their send-off movie, like the original group, including the original Avengers. I always were pissed we're never, never in the first Avengers movie, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. So everyone's satisfied. Then they'll kill off Captain America, and I'll be crying like a, like a, like a little girl in the theaters, like a little pet. And uh, yeah, I'll get it out of my life, and then they'll recast in five years. So... And everything will be fine. Just like in comics, they recast all the time. They re- redraw characters. It's basically like recasting. It's the same thing. I don't. I don't see why you can't have a, a new Spider-Man, a new Captain America, a new Iron Man. You know, in, in six years, there's too much money to not be made. Oh, not sure. to do it. You know, yeah, I don't think it's just going to stop. So, uh, anything else going on in your life that we care about? No. No, no, that's it. That's where it begins and ends. No. Well, I did get... I'm, I'm actually fairly happy about this. I got my uh, Uncanny X-Men issues 141 and 142. Which What, what was that? The Days of Future Past? Yes. Are those worth them that much? They they sure can be, yeah. If they're in good, good condition? Yeah, and they're okay. in pretty nice condition. I got them for a really great price. Those, Vani helped me out with that. What years are those from? Like mid-80s? 80. Uh, just 80? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's 1980 on the nose. Was that, was that early, Days of Future Past? Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty sure that's 1980 right on the nose. So that's when the X-Men comics started to get interesting, like late 70s into, well, actually mid-70s when they got the new team. It got interesting again and then continued on. i got to find my uh, first appearance at Gambit somewhere. Bonnie wants to trade it for something. I forget what. I don't know. Maybe a date with Ian. I don't know. Mm. So, Ian, we had an announcement. We had like three late-breaking topics to this podcast. We sure did. On the nose. Nintendo Switch Online is... It's finally it's finally been announced about what this thing's going to consist of, and it largely looks like it's going to consist of exactly what they were telling us it was going to consist <laughs> of, pretty much the whole time. It was what we thought it was. I don't know. It's like we're children who need constant reassuring by <laughs> this our parents. bothers you more than most topics. It does because they've been talking about what it's going to be forever since before and, it launched, and people keep asking about it, and people keep okay, so. <laughs> fine. The Nintendo Online service was announced, and there were no surprises. I mean, very few. There was one surprise, I thought. I'll I'll mention the one thing that I thought was kind of surprising. Um, I have absolutely no problems with Nintendo's online service. A couple minor ones that I guess were to be expected. Starting in September 2018, uh, the Nintendo Online service is starting. That's when you'll need to start paying for... Um, your access to multiplayer games online and such. It'll but not be- all of them. They didn't say it was necessarily going to be all of them. But they did announce ones you're definitely going to need it for. Sure. Splatoon, Mario Kart. 
arms, arms, Mario Tennis, aces, Mario Tennis, aces, Shusi Striker. But I think they, they said that it may not be every single game, but it's going to be probably the big ones to make sure you get you get a hold of it. Right. So um, I have a feeling it's going to be most. Anytime someone says something like this, any, anytime a company says something like this early on, uh, where you may not need it for everything, it always ends up being that way. And the most popular online games are the Nintendo ones, and those are already being said that they're going to be require it. $20 a year is uh, a third of the price of um, PlayStation Now and I believe Xbox Live if you were to buy those at full price. Or 8 bucks for three months, $4 for one month, or a family membership for 12 months for only 35 bucks, and that's up to, I believe, eight people on one account. That's incredibly nice. That's just... So I guess if, you've, if you have... Does this be the same vicinity, or you can just share it with the same account with friends? Even I have no idea. That that's uh, worth looking into. It's worth looking into, but twenty bucks for for a whole year is, is nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's that's great. Um, and here's the part that is not surprising, but everyone might act like it. So there's no virtual console, everyone, and what we're getting well, is uh, the uh, NES games. We're getting a NES online. We're getting 20 games that they're going to launch with. 20 that are going to start. NES. 10 uh, announced. The ones that are announced are Ice Climber, Legend of Zelda, Balloon Fight, Soccer, Tennis, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, Dr. Mario, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Donkey Kong. And there's a very cool catch with these. And that is you will be able to play these online uh, in any of the two-player modes with other people. Or you can switch off between players well, yeah, as well. Any of the two-player modes. So like you no, can I also control. I also read you can also switch off with someone to take over as a first player. Oh, that's a different interesting location. too. So if you're playing Zelda with someone, you can switch the controls to someone else. Oh, neat. Well, that's what I saw at least. If that's the case, that's that's just cool to do that. I think I think you're right. I think I yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So they're integrating ch- chat as well via a uh, the smartphone app. So, so that's still kind of weird, but okay, we get it. <laughs> this is why I think they're do- they're keeping they're so hardcore in that. I think Nintendo's so airing on the side of caution when it comes to watching. They're probably going to be listen, uh, listening or have a way to go back and listen back to, to some of these. I hate to say it, to be like, okay, was this person really fucking around? We have a record of that. Let's get rid of her bam. That's what I think. They're going to be they're going to be a little NSAing this thing uh, a bit. That's my opinion. I, I, that's I think that's part of this. Some I mean, sort of security. We'll have to see what the terms of service are. I, I would say it's just as likely that it's Nintendo being very careful, yes, and trying to completely divest themselves of the chat platform touching the system at all. Sure. So if parents ask, is there any chat on the system, they can say no. They need a cell phone. They need... A so login or something. Okay. So it's extra so for, that, for kids, right? So that parents can say. <clears throat> so basically, Nintendo can come out and say, "No, our system does not offer chat, but with an additional device and this and that, you can." Um, online features including Nintendo eShop, friend registration, and management, the sharing of screenshots over social networks, uh, Nintendo Switch parental controls, updates, obviously, and news will not be affected by the launch of the Switch online paid service. So you're really for twenty bucks a year, uh, you're getting. Uh, multiplayer NES games that we know about. We don't even know if there's going to be more announced or Super Nintendo. Like they, we no, they, they did say that there would be more added regularly. So it's you're getting a, a Netflix retro service that's not just ROMs because you can now have multiplayer 
and you can have uh, you can switch off in there and voice in there. So that's a game changer for Nintendo to finally do that. And you're going to have obviously the big change you're going to have to buy in order to play the games online again. But this is a year after they originally wanted to uh, launch this. They've obviously held it back uh, in order to make sure they know it's which way the wind's blowing. They've they've gone different directions. Originally, you're only going to get member one NES game a month only. Like the, like that was going to be cool. And now they're going to say, okay. They're, so in this year between, they knew with the NES Classic, obviously, and Super Nintendo Classic, that they could sell their older games in a different way and make money on them, obviously. Right. And they probably figured out that that combination with this was probably the most lucrative plan. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Otherwise, Absolutely. they would have just kept the virtual console. But they probably figured the bundling of games will make a lot more money in the long run. Um, otherwise, I mean, we look at look at the 20 games, excuse me, 10 games announced out of the 20. Out of the 10 games they announced, there's probably two or three that almost no one would ever buy on their own. Soccer. Soccer and tennis, no one would ever buy. And you can make a case that not many people would even buy the original Donkey Kong. You know, Maybe. Or, or wouldn't buy the original uh, Ice Climber, you know, or the original Mario. I was, was going to say the original Mario Brothers. There's no, I mean, that's obviously just a toss in for free when you've got the, uh, you know, you've got an arcade perfect version. And on that's Switch. one of the only, there's not that many multiplayer original Black Boss games. Right. At the same time. So you have Mario Brothers, Tennis, you have that obviously, any of the sports games, uh, Balloon Fight, Ice Climber. So you, and Dr. Mario, obviously it's multiplayer. That's, so you have to that's, the, that's the nice one for the multiplayer right there is the Dr. Mario. Oh, sure. But <laughs> see, so that's a good mix though, but most people wouldn't bother to play soccer or tennis. But, oh, it's multiplayer? Why not? I'll Why, play yeah. your ass in tennis. Sure. Why not? Uh, it's there. So the strength, to, to me, this the value of this is all, all, those alone, the value is there for the online service is just that. Yeah. Plus you can play the NES games offline. That's a huge point to me too. You don't have to be online. So, like, okay, you can take it on the go and be portable. You don't have to be connected to any network. It's not DRM'd. Ice you know? hockey better be on that list. Oh, Ian, we know how much you spank me in those games all the time. Uh-huh. So. I know. But, I, but this I'm is, just going to keep getting better and better. But this is exciting <clears throat> because the only way you could do this before with multiplayer, like, you download, like, some emulators have the online support. Um, but it's very cumbersome, and not everyone obviously has it. And I'd rather play it on a Switch, sorry, versus playing on an emulator uh, online against someone, you know. Yeah. And, and it's portable. So mm-hmm. this, this to me, is a different direction that um, I'm kind of shocked Nintendo went in, but they probably figured out this is the wave of the future, having this sort of subscription service. And like you said, if they start adding uh, Super Nintendo games and N64 games, then it's then... Hell, I don't even mind if they if they start bundling uh, game uh, games together and selling them as bundles, you know, and maybe they would even do that at some point. Sure. You know, maybe they'll have like, oh, the, this is it's it's uh, whatever. It's twenty bucks a year for an extra five bucks a year. You get all these Super Nintendo games. An extra five bucks on top of that. You know what I mean? Like they'll have different tiers. I can picture them doing that. Yeah, I could totally see it uh, as a thing where they will, you know, release say <clears throat> a block of five or eight games, you know, a month or something like that, and they'll drip out two for free. But if you wanted to buy. You know, the rest of them you could. I just see it as a cable service. <clears throat> yeah. Or you have different tiers. That's all. I don't think that's, you know, 20, 20 bucks a year. And again, it's only a year, not even a month. 20 bucks a year. Here's your NES package. Uh, 25 Super Nintendo plus NES. 35. You, get, you know what I mean? Like, you start building up. And even the people be like, what, 35 bucks a year? It's like, that's still nothing. 45 bucks a year? That's still nothing. There's There's very little that they could do that I think would upset the customers in terms of what you could pay yearly, especially because it's, it's coming with stuff that is beyond <clears throat> that is beyond you know your online play 
and you know the two middling games a month you might get from Sony or Microsoft with your with your subscriptions. Sure. You know, this is stuff that people actually want more of. Yeah. So when you're starting at that $20 base point, even if they made like a max, and I'm not saying they would, but we get down the road here and they offer a, a $60 a year plan. If it's loaded with shit, well, then no one, if it's loaded with stuff, you're going to find less people who care because at that point you're topping out at their most expensive plan at 60 sure, I with tons of stuff instead of that being the base price. I wouldn't be surprised if they do eventually get to that point and that's how they get to that $60 a year like every other yeah. company does. They just do it because they have all this shit in their back catalog that they can throw out there for nothing. Yeah, what if they do? What if they eventually get to the point? I'm not saying it's happening anytime soon, but 80 bucks. Okay, now we're breaking to the GameCube library finally. You get some of those games on and people will be like, okay, here's the money. Here, take it, take it, take it. Oh, yeah. You know, just take it. Again, cause this is per year. This is They started so low that when they start increasing the prices, like you said, like, I don't think people are going to complain that much. I'm not going to complain. There should be zero complaints over 20 bucks a year. Yeah. None. Like, absolutely nothing compared to all everything else and what you're paying for Netflix and Hulu and everything else. You're paying 120 plus bucks a year for all these services. Not counting your regular cable where you're paying 100 bucks a month for that or 80 if you're still on cable. So I think the, the other interesting part about this is that this is really – they've being that they're getting back into the back catalog in order to finally institute multiplayer, that can open up a lot more streaming possibilities on Twitch. Oh, yeah. As long as they're not really too dogmatic about enforcing you know, the, the copyright stuff. I think it'd be a, a kick in the balls in order to stream or play with you um, and have people say, oh, play Mario Brothers together, you know, two-player. That could be a, f- a fun time. Or Dr. Mario or Ice Hockey. It'd be a lot easier to do that versus some you know people coming over and get in front of the TV and put in the old hardware. I think that's that's a game changer, at least a small part. Or like I said, the handoff of controllers, of Legend of Zelda, just, just, a, just the novelty of it could be weird and fun. Yeah, it'd be... Yeah, I, I like that idea a there's, lot. There's possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there was really a change in Nintendo the past year and a half with this stuff, where they said, let's really think long-term about the value of our products. And they, I think they came to the proper decision. And, I, and again, this isn't even seeing what the other 10 games are to start. And like you said, they're going to add more and more from other systems and more all the time. And like I said, if there's like a, a $30 premium package, maybe that's the third-party package where you get you know Konami and Capcom games on there. And people will be like, okay, here's my money. Take it. Right. Especially because you, uh, you, can, you can play them offline. And we didn't dream about me the most surprising, most important about this, the cloud backup. Oh, right. <clears throat> that's what was surprising to me. Fair enough. So, I actually, to be honest with you, I didn't even notice that. Ian, you're killing me. So cloud backup is important because you could, if you get a new Switch, your, your save games are, are intact. And your profile and everything, you're, 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 you're good to go. That's excellent. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. This was always one of the, the really stupid things about the 3DS. Um, when you had to, when you, if you'd want to upgrade your 3DS and transfer, you unless you went to a place like luna or every once in a while you would find a GameStop where the employees would be pretty cool about it mm-hmm. um you couldn't trade in or sell your previous like 3ds to get money towards your upgrade because you had to have both of your systems to transfer everything sure before you could do that yeah so now with you know this sort of thing which should have been obvious in the first place but then whatever now you can 
back all that stuff up if you want to, or if just your system breaks, yes. you don't have to worry about everything. If your system breaks, you're not you know your 300 Vani hours playing Breath of the Wild aren't lost. Jesus, probably closing in on 400 at this point. What would she do? She'd like just throw herself into the Pacific Ocean at that point, you know. She- after, you know, she'd probably fume for about two days and then magically get over it. I have, get no over idea. It. I have no idea how, <laughs> how she does that. I forgot about one other thing that was important about this. and this, I just totally lost uh, in, in this. Oh, yeah. So so you, then you definitely, at this point, you're not going to be able to transfer over. You know, Forget about connecting your old past paid virtual console games to your Switch. We thought that that would be, at least I thought that would be, you know, oh, they'll bring them in for a fee. Nintendo's like, nope, that's not worth it. We'll just give you most of the games back maybe some of them at least on the virtual console that you brought before and just do that. So it is what it is. I didn't have a virtual console library. Maybe you did. So I mean, just a few that I like to play wherever I go, like Zelda two. I'm sure that you'll be able to play that again on this. Yeah. And again, the portability is a huge thing here. This is like, I know, I know people are saying, Oh, we're, we're going to buy Super Mario three for the 17th time. Yes, you are. But at least it's part of a service this time where you, you're paying a very small incremental cost as part of a larger package. You know, so I, there's not much negativity here that I can see nope. about this, besides the voice chat for us adults. And right, any any final thoughts on this? No, that covers it. Never, okay, we, all right. So the Nintendo a okay, and then people should just suck it up about the virtual console, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's there's still articles saying you know that virtual console not coming. They said there was going to be no virtual console. They said that this was what they were going to do like a freaking year ago. I don't know why people need to constantly be reminded that there's not going to be a virtual console. It's insane. It's dumb. It's dumb. People are dumb. They should get over it. It's crazy. All right. So, Ian, we keep up with modern gaming news a lot. We're big proponents of Fortnite. You know that. I'm going to go have a bread sandwich (laughs) and a glass of water and... Fortnite, okay. If you look back, when they announced the Fortnite thing, we actually covered this about, you cannot, were you on the podcast then? I forget what, that five-month period. I don't know, but we've talked about Fortnite before, because I I enjoyed the first night, a couple nights I played it. We originally talked about the controversy about how they were stealing, in quotes, a a gameplay genre uh, from PUBG, the Battle Royale. And we said, you cannot copyright a, a, a game genre or format that's like... What you can't have uh, team deathmatch then because it was originally done yeah. way back when and who, I don't know what was the first team deathmatch one of the quake games I have no idea you know you see my point though you can't do that or capture the flag going back so I said at the time that I thought Fortnite was going to blow up just, just from the look of the game it looked a lot better even graphically and, and then PUBG and it just looked more fun to me it did but and I'm not saying I'm, I'm North, Nostradamus but plus it's free so the fact that it's free was brilliant because. There's no entry and no entry fee to play the game, obviously, and so it blows up. You have Drake playing it with Ninja on Twitch, and then free publicity all around. Publicity, yeah. But anyway, so I guess it's only natural, being that now when I go on Twitter, I see moments every day. Oh, look at the new dance moves that are out in Fortnite, and now you know Wi-Fi has to get locked down in schools because all kids are playing is like the online version on their phone. Yeah, you know, so. It's no shock, I guess, but maybe it should be that there's an Avengers tie-in promotion with Fortnite that just started. Yeah, and it brings in a uh, Thanos mode. Okay. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is, I mean, I guess one's the biggest movie ever. Others, the biggest game in a long, long time since Minecraft, probably. Do they really need to have this co-promotion? I guess why not? Sure. Why not? (laughs) 
But yeah. what is a promotion? So there is a gauntlet that can be uh, can be taken by a player, and once you get the gauntlet, you turn into Thanos, and you are pretty freaking powerful. I've seen the gameplay of it. So with with the gauntlet, you turn into Thanos. You, you get a, you get a regenerating shield. Um, you have a, a really powerful uh, melee punch attack with the gauntlet. You have a, uh, basically like a link gun attack from Unreal Tournament that sprays out a laser beam, and you follow. I always love attacks like that yep. in games. It's so satisfying. Yes, it is. Uh, thank you, Unreal Tournament, for inventing that first person shooters. Um, and then you have like a really powerful jumping jump transportation attack where you go way in the air and you can like have a, a ground smash when you come down. And so you can easily destroy uh, the forts and other buildings in the game. Uh, you cannot use any other weapons, but why could you? Because you're Thanos. Why would you need to use yeah, weapons? Yeah, you don't want to use anything else. So I saw, uh, I think it was it was out almost instantly, like there, someone put up a video of someone tearing through everyone else using Thanos because he's overpowered. And already, the, I think they now say they're going to nerf the character. See, that's ridiculous. I no, mean, you don't nerf Thanos. That's the point. It's a limited time. Limited. It's a limited time. Um, it's a limited time mode. You put Thanos in it. People don't have to play it if they don't want to. Sure. It, it, it's it's Thanos. Yeah. It's not like you gave him the ability to wear the gauntlet and snap the fingers. And you can, so, and you can kill Thanos. Yeah, so deal so, with it. So when I saw it, the players <laughs> He's were... a mad titan. The players were dumb because they should have teamed up and killed Thanos. That would make sense. Yes. Because he would, was literally like just ripping through... Not literally ripping through. Figuratively ripping through. I hate using overusing literally. Figuratively ripping through all the players... Like, within seconds. You see a player, zap them or punch them twice, they're dead. Like, there was no defense you could do. You built the four, he smashed through the four or jumped on top <laughs> of it. Like, so, I think what their players are already complaining, he's overpowered, I'm sorry, it's Thanos. But I think what the players are missing is that they should team up to kill Thanos. Like, isn't that part of the... Wouldn't that be the way to go about it? But I think maybe the oversight was... When you kill the player, I think the gauntlet returns to the ground, like any other weapon when you kill a player in Fortnite, so someone else can grab it. They shouldn't do that. They just do one player can get Thanos, so that if you get the gauntlet, yes, you're going to be powerful, but you run the risk of everyone teaming up against you. Like, it should be like Thanos, big purple on the map that you say, okay, let's take this guy out, because individually we're going to get killed. You know what I mean? Why isn't that Thanos' nickname? What? Big purple. Big purple? <laughs> big purple? <laughs> purple drink? Grimace. <laughs> You see what I mean, though? That would be more entertaining. Well, yeah. The risk-reward factor, yeah, I'm going to be super-powered, but then I know by default that I'm going to have the other, whatever, 10 players coming after me at the same time. So they might kill me. Target's on my back. Anyway, with all my Fortnite experience, I'm saying that, by the way. You know, my all my watching some gameplay video experience. And he even played a few times, so he knows it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they already did a hot fix within hours that's uh, planned. It's gone live that the shield and health are both down by 100 each. So that's like having the health, I think. And the damage from the laser has gone down a teeny bit. Um, so there you go. I think it's cool to do these promotions. Yeah, good thing is that plucky Avengers movie. You know, it needs all the help it can get in that, in that plucky Fortnite game. <laughs> you know, it's like the, <laughs> that's like uh, Coca Cola teaming up with uh, I don't know Pepsi with Fortnite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Try this new drink out. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite with everything, every promotion. So all right, Any, anything else to? Going on with Thanos doing his, his crazy Conor McGregor dance that's in the game. Conor McGregor dance? You know, the arm wave. Oh, uh, I don't like Conor McGregor. Nah, he's kind of a douche. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big pump. Defend your title. How about that? Yeah, he should. <laughs> I mean, if he did, he wouldn't be so annoying. So, 
I am 8-Bit is back once again, and they are doing a, another set of collector cartridges. Well, I am 8-Bit um, was in the news the first time for doing these uh, about a year ago. It was about a year ago. Was Street Fighter 2 already yeah, a year ago? Yeah. The they, anniversary cart? Yeah, they did a Street Fighter 2 anniversary cartridge. Um, there was Sold a, out in like three, four days or sold out. Yeah. Um, it was, there was a red one, and then there was like a limited edition clear one. There was, a, there was a chase one. Yeah, for there the, was for the chase one. For the green one, right? Was it a green one? Yeah, green. Blanca green. <clears throat> and these were uh, officially uh, licensed reproductions uh, made with new cases, new boards, um, and all that. They were uh, numbered. I believe the Street Fighter one was a fairly low number, uh, or like a, I think it was 1,000. 5,500 5, Street Fighter 2. 5,500. Okay. And then it, I forget what the percentage of the clear and green one was like, like one in ten something like that it wasn't one in ten i think one it in was, eight thought it was uh lower than that okay there was a th- okay there was 4500 total red and then a thousand glow in the dark green gotcha ones. okay, okay. Cool. so so okay so that's like that's one in five almost one in four and a half pat math so they're doing it again but this time one for five. mega man uh mega man's 30th anniversary for mega man 2 the 30th anniversary of that uh on the nes they're doing a sky blue cartridge release mm. and they are doing it in a um in a new box with uh foil um mostly and- the same artwork just with taking off most the nintendo obviously correct seals gone they put 30 on there so you know it's a, a, a new game but it's the original um box art itself uh there's foil embossments and gloss and things like that um there's uh, a, a nice instruction book there's a forward um it, it looks... was by Gerard Khalil, by the way. Oh, Mega, Man, Mega Man 2, yeah. Our pal Gerard. Uh, for Mega Man 2, it says Salvatore. Salvatore oh, is he on Comics. Mega Man X? Yeah, he's I on one he... of them. Okay, that's cool. So they're doing oh, it's Mega Man X. So okay. it's Sky Blue, a nice new box. It's totally a playable cartridge. Um, the manufacturing is by Retrotainment Games and Infinite NES Lives. Uh, and so all new, All new shells. All new uh, boards. These aren't donor carts. Um, and Mega Man X is also getting a release. This one's coming in a white cartridge. It's uh, a, like a light gray, I'd say, versus white. Like a lighter gray. Okay. <laughs> you think it's white? <laughs> to me, it looks white. Okay, yeah. that's a lighter gray. It's a, it's a light shade of gray. So, um, and that one is coming in, uh, an, once again, a nice box with foil and embossments. One in eight of the uh, Mega Man X cartridges will be a glow-in-the-dark blue cartridge. Uh, that one does have a forward by um, the completionist Gerard. Um, and that one is 100 as well. And oh, by the way, there's going to be a blue alternate Mega Man 2 as well. Uh, oh, a uh, glow-in-the-dark blue alternate Glow-in-the-dark, yeah. So that's okay. going to be 1,000 out of the 8,500 print run of the Mega Man 2. Okay, gotcha. So these are all really cool. Um, I think it's neat that they are doing these. A hundred to me is... That's more than I want to spend on something like this. Is it an unreasonable price? No, I don't necessarily think that that is unreasonable when you're looking at Trif- what it is. You got a trifold box, full foil gold uh, gloss, gloss embossments, um, premium instruction booklet, Retro pack and surprise. I don't know what that means. Is it stickers or pins? I have no idea. Probably, I mean, I guess stickers. I mean, here's the, here's the, here's the thing about these cartridges. Um, what's the most reasonable price? 80 bucks to me, maybe. I mean, like, 
once you start getting that level, it's like you're looking at the quality versus the cost. These are not cheap AliExpress cards with like uh, flash memory inside. These are real boards with original like you know chips on them, like Brom chips. These aren't cheaply made, so that's part of the cost um, that I know. Um, and from what I know, they're well made. So I would like to see the price get lower. Is that a possibility? I don't know what the margins are. I I, I cannot comment on that. I have no idea. I mean, I'd have to say I, like. So I don't, I don't really love the look of the plastic on the Mega Man Two one. It, oh, I don't, I don't like the light blue color. I don't. It, it really all comes down to color dreams blue. Yeah, it's, that's. It's I think that's I, that's exactly what it reminds me of. It looks, it looks cheap by nature of the color, remembering me of yeah various I, things. I think they could have went a different direction with that color. Maybe I don't know if that was Capcom's choice or, or I am eight bits, but I'm not a fan of the of the, the two tone blue color dreams blue. Yeah. So all this being said, it's not something I would buy. I don't think it's absolutely um, outlandish. There's a little bit of... They know that they can get money from collectors here. They're not sold out yet. Right. On the pre-orders. They know they can get some money from collectors. Um, Also, I don't think that this is necessarily as cheap as people might think. Um, There's the matter of assembly. It's... This all being done by hand, my machine. Um, that yep. said, I think with the increased production number of these, 8,500 for each, uh, we're going to see real quickly of whether or not this bet is going to pay off. Yeah, the 5,500 of Street Fighter 2, I thought was they could have sold more of them. They actually sold out, I think, three or four days. I almost got one. I was like, oh, the second day, it's still, I think, by the third day or in the third day, it was gone. Um, We've already, they've already announced these, what, like almost a week ago? A little less yeah. than a week? And they're still around. I don't know how many have sold already on the pre-orders and the website. Looks like they're both available. They don't say sold out. Um, so I, I don't know. I just wish – the reason I wish they were lower cost uh, was because I would love to have sort of a new – authentic new retro games for mom and pop game stores. So sure. I'd love to get them down in cost because then you can also wholesale them. And sell them in every like if Luna Video Games could carry these, you know, that would be a possibility. That would make sense to me to get the cost down so you can order something. I think I think they would sell well in mom and pop shops mm, and, to a degree, depending on what they would cost. Like if they were sixty, eighty dollars, I think they might sell for certain very popular titles like yeah. Mega Man Two. Yes, I don't know that a Street Fighter Two cart would have done anything though outside, so? of, outside of a collector's market. No, had it been Street Fighter Two Turbo, maybe. But I knew that Mega Man X was a natural after seeing Street Fighter 2. Oh, sure. Mega Absolutely. Man X and Mega Man 2 are, 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 are great choices. Um, I think you, you will eventually, though, run out of titles that you can charge $100 for. And oh, have them be collector's pieces. Even yes. in the Capcom world, you're going to run out. Mm-hmm. And then if they did Mega Man X authentically, uh, in order to reverse engineer the Mega Man X 2 and 3, I have no idea what the cost would be for those special chips. I have no idea. Right. It's not going to be $100 probably to do that. Well, again, again, these aren't these, these aren't AliExpress cards. So. No, but also, you know, a lot of these aren't necessarily for play; they're for collecting. Well, sure, Mega Man. I mean, both. just like Street Fighter Two. I'm just saying from their perspective where they are right now. Street Fighter Two, they obviously didn't do with a play style or to play in mind because otherwise you would have picked a better version. Mega Man X sure. is great; it's fantastic, and honestly, I like it better than X Two or X Three. But they did it because it's the iconic first entry. Sure. Mega Man Two is getting its 30th anniversary, and it's also what many people—not all, but a lot of people—put Mega Man Two on a pedestal. It's a real 30th anniversary, not like the Street Fighter Two, where it was like, eh, "It's a 30th anniversary of Street Fighter." Right. So we'll just fudge it a little bit. 
But uh, either way, all right. There's a market for these. Obviously, I think they'll sell out of both of these. This well, this is what I was going to say. I, I I disagree a little bit. If the Street Fighter Two sold out in three to four days, I don't know. Just judging by looking at how records sell, like limited edition records sell and things like that, uh-huh. I don't know if that's fast enough to have considered raising the numbers. So, so, so you're you're so if, we're, if we're, getting, was, we're getting into the, the the casual versus the speculative, maybe collector market. I'm yeah. saying for them. I'm for just them. saying for I'm not. I'm not talking about that sort of market. I'm just talking about like, is it so five thousand five hundred cartridges for Street Fighter Two? If it took them a few days, three, four, four days. or five days, or three to four days to do two cartridges and do eight thousand five hundred each. Oh no! Street Fighter Two was fifty five hundred. Yes, I know. Now to do two oh, cartridges, two, so you're talking okay. at eight thousand five hundred each. So that's nineteen hundred, uh, seventeen hundred cards. That's a significant. I mean, granted, it's two different titles, and I think they're banking on people wanting both. But you think it'd be better to space them out? Maybe announce them at different times. Space them out. I or I didn't I, think about that. I don't know that I would have. I don't know. Just like I said, I'm not the business person, but just watching how like records do this and stuff. Generally, if something sells out like fast in a day day and a half then you go oh wow but three to four days i don't know especially because well i mean have we looked to see what the well, street fighter twos are doing on i i can look on e- i mean that's the thing then you get to the speculative market i mean i had a chance to buy a street fighter two and i passed on it like i said it was still available I, i'm not doing this for speculation i'm trying uh-huh. to see if people are holding on to these well let's look street fighter i am eight bit uh sealed for 170 or 150 buy it now for the red one so that's not that much of a markup that's 50 i don't want 50%. i don't need, my thing is not markup it's are people buying them on the aftermarket are they buying it let's look at sold listings here i know the price um, isn't what concerns me there's they're selling okay they're, i mean they're selling 109 dollars one went for in april so that's you're making your money back but, but are they moving that that's what well the fact that are people still interested the trending price is 125 so that, that shows me the interest is just about where it was when it was first coming out because if you can't get that okay. much more for it you know, I mean, these aren't going for a huge markup. So that, that tells me the interest is not huge. Okay. If, so if the then, then I guess my concern is maybe a little bit founded. I, you know, I feel like they may have jumped the numbers. That was the high. first one that came up, though. This mm-hmm. is also what it was interesting. I'm very interested in seeing, but this is the first NES one they've done. So I'm very interested. This is the first real NES license re-release. So that's really, really interesting to see where's the NES market at? Because we know there's more at this point, more probably people will be into the Super Nintendo versus NES in terms of. Because that's just the age group where it's skewed right now sure. for the collector's market. So it's to me, this is a, a nice experiment, but I think these are looks like quality products to me. Like I said, I just wish that the price could uh, come down a little bit so that can be, you know. And also, the price comes down, more people would buy it, too. I, I, I don't know if it's an argument of whether double, you know, with twice the amount of people buy it at $80. I don't know about twice, but you'd get a decent percentage more probably. I think $100 for most people is like $100. Like, that's like a big jump up. Or from sixty to eighty is one jump up. From eighty to hundred is definitely a bigger jump up. If it was ninety nine ninety nine. It is nine nine nine, isn't it? Or is it, it, te- says, it says flat. Oh, they should have took that cent off. Yep, that is that's a psychological it, thing, though. It is it really it absolutely is. is that could that could cost them like twenty five sales. <laughs> Not putting ninety nine nine. Okay, so all right, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll track the, the this and we'll see what other uh, company or companies in the future think about doing re releases of this store. I mean, there have been ones from Retrobit. And, and other uh, companies like Pico that have licensed that, but those are mostly multi carts of like all the Jalico and Data East ones that we've covered before. Right. This is different. These are premium releases um, 
probably higher quality carts and like these are games people actually want like just they can you can afford to put one of these games on a cart not 50 data east games you know what i mean There's, this is slightly different than those multi carts all right so we haven't talked about gamestop's retro initiative uh, in a while which sounds like the next avengers movie the retro initiative <laughs> So, uh, as you've known in the podcast, we've been critical of GameStop for uh, sort of half-assing their retro initiative and not knowing how to check for fake games and not caring. And, and you know, and, and having the same game potentially be returned and reselling the same Chrono Trigger, for example, that wasn't a Chrono Trigger. So, which has happened. And, you, and your friends have experience with it. Uh, I know people it's happened to. But it seems like there could be learning a little bit, maybe. Yeah, so GameStop, it's come to our attention and a handful of other people's attention that GameStop appears to no longer be accepting trade-ins for... Certain games. The Yeah, certain games. The rarest or among the more expensive and um, most likely to be bootlegged or duplicated titles for various systems. So when this retro initiative started at GameStop, Pat and I certainly talked about our concern of whether or not this was going to um, lead to a spike in people getting um, counterfeits, counterfeits, reproductions, games with chips from other games inside them. An old boy did it. Yeah. And it, it sure did. We saw that almost immediately. Um, you know, despite GameStop telling us that they were going to have their top men. Their, <laughs> All right. We are top men. We're going to top, top men. men. Yeah. They're, they're t- <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. They're best people. Um, you know, checking these things. And yeah, I mean, it was it was a shit show. So very quickly we started to get not just, you know, the, the old swap chip trick. <laughs> um, but we had people getting the actual fakes or things with reproduction labels. Well, board swaps, things board like swaps. that. Fake labels, yeah. Counterfeits. Um, including, wholesale. you know, including like people very close to us, like no degrees of separation. Like my very good friend Lincoln got a, a very... A very obviously repro labeled and uh, screwed up DuckTales 2. So my first clue when we first investigated this, when I went to the GameStop website, there's like it used to be retro, you can find it easily. At least to me. It used to be like a, a, a selection. Now you have to go to more on the top drop down, and then you go to more, and then at the bottom of consoles it says retro classics, and then you click in there, and then you can search. It's not front and center anymore. I mean, it's a, to me, that's a, not a small thing. So they're... They're, they're probably like, okay, let's 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 take it back a step. Let's pump the brakes halfway here. But then when you search for start searching for some of the games, and I hate to say it, it almost all the games that we've covered as being fake on the podcast, not all of them, but most of them are no longer offered on the site. Earthbound, Ducktales Two, Sculptor's Cut, Bubble Bobble Two, Wild Guns. Um, I know we've it definitely covered the Ducktales Two, Bubble Bobble Two. We covered all those on the podcast, okay, I believe. Yeah. Being fake. Remember the blue sculptor's cut? We oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That, yeah, that was, was a great that one. Was, that was great. Uh, was, and there's yeah. a couple other I'm looking up right now that, that we covered hit. that I forgot about. Little Samson. I meant to look that uh, last night. I don't think they ever had Little Samson in there. They didn't? Okay. I don't think. It's not on the site now either way. Yeah. Either way, when uh, whenever you look up some of those games that I just mentioned now, the Earthbound Ducktales 2, Sculptor's Cup, Bubble Bobble 2, Wild Guns, they're gone. You can't find a trade-in value for them anymore. You, you can't find it for sale. 
can't find it for sale either, but you can't find Some the trade point. in value for it anymore because you can actually, there is a link where you can search oh, for you the buy, trade. That's what I was trying okay. to do. You can buy Earthbound still uh, okay. for $200 pre-owned, but you can't, you can't trade it in. Um, then it, when you look at the, uh, there's a Reddit that was discussing this and some of these titles. Now I couldn't actually verify this. I couldn't find a trade in value for, um, Bomberman's second attack, but they pulled one up and the trade in value has been dropped to one cent and the cash value has been dropped to one cent. Dovetails to, okay, you can still buy some of these, but you cannot trade them in. There's no more trade in value. Yeah, that's what I was looking for okay. last night. I was just checking all the trade in values. But currently unavailable online. So, so what they're obviously doing here is they're, they're, they're no longer. They're no longer taking chances. Um, instead of vetting out and checking these expensive, um, these expensive titles, they're just not going to offer anything for them, well, so they, that well, there's they, no risk. Well, they were only taking the expensive ones for twenty five bucks anyway, but that's still twenty five bucks yeah. lost, and plus counterfeits going out. Yeah, I can't. None of these are available. These the expensive ones, you can't. I mean, you can if you see the listing, they say they're available, unavailable online anyway. So the, they they might have burned through what they had, or the rest of the remains. They were not going to bother selling them. Maybe at the same time, I don't oh, know. Sure, it takes them forever to update their website. Their website's garbage. Okay, but the fact is, you cannot find trade in values for those anymore. For for you, that means if I walk in with the Ducktales too, they'll offer me a cent at most. Yeah, yeah. we'd have to see. But as far as the uh, the internet. As far as their website is concerned, either there's no trade-in value for it, which I couldn't find last night, or as in the case of the Bomberman Second Attack, which I also could not find, Reddit's showing that if you could find it, it was at one cent. Sure. Let me see Clay Fighter, what comes up. Clay Fighter Sculptor's Cut does not come up for sale. Like either trade-in or sale. So I did look up some that, yeah, not for sale. You only get 63 and a third on there. So some are, are, are gone from the site. It's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So we're seeing a change, and maybe the this is what been a two year experiment at this point, just about. Yeah, and it's not going well. Oh, you can still get no, no, none of these are even even Chrono Trigger. It's unavailable online, so they might have burnt through it and just stopped accepting some of them, and are just like, okay, we're just going to call it a day on some of these. Well, I mean, this news is only like a day or two old, I think. So. You know, whatever the answer is, I think it's reasonable to make the assumption that after a certain amount of time of this being an issue for GameStop, someone had to say, can we finally do something, please, and stop this? Sure. We're obviously not going to have anyone looking at these or checking these. That video of, you know, Tester's Paradise in the middle of, you know. When when you look up GameStop Retro, it's not good videos on YouTube. (laughs) Right. And probably some of them are ours, for sure. I'm sure they're probably trying to cut their losses here. Well, you know, the lesson learned. No harm, no foul, except for the people that got counterfeit games, right? And people that made money off of trading in uh, con- uh, like counterfeit games. Let's see. I, I put in GameStop Retro on YouTube. What do I see on YouTube? Let's see. What, what's the first three videos? That's the thing. GameStop Retro. First three videos are stop buying retro games from GameStop. GameStop screws up my retro game order. Uh Huge six hundred dollar GameStop retro games are. Does GameStop still sell fake retro games? Uh, there's our uh, inside GameStop's retro game restoration, which that didn't go well. That video for them that has a hundred thousand. Oh views. yeah. Don't order retro games online from GameStop. Inside info about GameStop's retro game trading program. That was uh, that was from uh, I think you weren't on the podcast during that one. Uh, uh, more do not buy from GameStop's retro game sale. GameStop policy of destroying retro games. Insider info that was uh, me. And, and, and so forth. 
Yes. <laughs> so not the best reputation. So there you have it. Um, yeah. So they're going to cut their losses. It looks like, and, and you know, good. <laughs> yeah. I remember when everyone said that this was going to be the death of every independent video game store. No, no, no. Ian Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere. And then it's, it's vision care for the 21st century. Instead of heading to the doctor every single year to renew your prescription for something you wear every day, just take a few minutes to, out of your day. You sit down on your own time and you take an eye test. So if you need to renew your prescription, this is how it works. You take a five-minute vision test from your phone or computer. It's reviewed by a licensed doctor. You then receive a renewed prescription and you can reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts prescription, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. Oh, so you, you're right. You all put, right. The, put the computer or phone over there. You've you got 10 feet of space laying around somewhere. How quick? In your library room. Um, <laughs> if, if you have an unexpired prescription, you can just upload a photo uh, of your doctor's information and you order your lenses. It's convenient. It's fast. takes less than five minutes. It's reliable. It's designed by doctors and licensed ophthalmologists who review every test carefully to make sure your eyes look healthy and that your vision hasn't changed. Uh, it has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price. Uh, it's been rated five stars over 3,000 times on the App Store. There you go. Ooh. With some around the corner, there's no shortage of reasons to have contacts. You know, you don't want to wear glasses like yours, Ian, going to the Pacific Ocean or, or the pool. It's kind of awkward, you know. Get the, maybe those Hakeem Olajuwon sports goggles. The vision test is only $20. Only 20 bucks for the vision test. It's a lot more if you go in without insurance, of course, to see an eye doctor. So we have we have a, a, a unique offer for oh, everyone. Uh-huh. So $30 off at simplecontacts.com slash podcast. enter code podcast at checkout. Now, remember, this is not a replacement for your full periodic eye health exam. This is just to renew your prescription that you have already. So mm-hmm. for everything else, like your glaucoma test, things like that, your vascular strength in your eyes and everything like that. You still got to go see your eye doctor for that. So, again, go to simplecontacts.com slash CU podcast, enter code CU podcast, and you will save 30 bucks, and then you'll look look better for the summer. Woo! So, Ian. Yeah. What about these uh, reviewers selling review codes on eBay? Oh, Jesus Christ. Just a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> There's a topic. Yeah. So it was from. Uh, it was alerted. Uh, it was what? It was alerted. Oh, it was brought to our attention via Reddit uh, that uh, reviewers have gotten in trouble for selling their embargoed review codes on eBay and get uh, and are getting caught for it. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. So the game was. Um, uh, what total redneck? Hold on, I got. I'm looking at um, it right here. Immortal redneck. Immortal redneck. Never heard of it. And um, someone was looking up uh, the game Immortal Redneck, saw the uh, a code on eBay, and bought it for sixteen. And surprisingly, the, the game actually activated the eShop code. Again. Yeah, someone was selling the eShop code exactly. Um, and it worked. 
and they reached out to the uh, the team. The team was able to. Well, uh, no, the team asked on Reddit. Oh, the team asked on hey, Reddit. Hey, hey, OP, immortal redneck dev here. Could you send me over the PM the code you received so we can track who the code was sent to and take measures? We've only sent codes to reviewers, so it must have been one of them that decided to sell yeah. the code. <laughs> Enjoy the game. <laughs> and okay, you know, if there's only a handful of codes, and a lot of these reviewers are getting very. Um, are getting much more tight with their codes these days because for a while there, people were just handing out their codes to anyone, you know, not doing any reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and codes were getting handed out. This is an easier way for them to kind of track that sort of stuff. So it's very easy to look at the code that was given, track it back to the person. You know exactly who got what code. Yeah. And that, they'll never get a code again. They'll never get a code again. And when it blows up on news like this, that developer can make sure that those people never get a code again. And this is how this from anyone. This is how it's going to happen. It's not too too hard to know or get in touch with PR companies that work for oh, no. uh, developers. So once you get in with them, they'll say, "Hey, you want to get? Would, would you be open to receiving review codes from this game?" Or blah, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, sure. And then they'll, they'll just start emailing you. I get email codes for games. I don't. I, I'm not on a PR list, but somehow they get in touch with me and send me codes for indie games almost all the time. I have in my inbox. So. If you put an effort to get on these lists, you can be sent codes. Right. And that, and that the, the original developer doesn't know who's getting the codes. They just know that they hire PR firms to do this for them, to give out codes to quote-unquote influencers, uh, streamers, and YouTubers, and they get these codes. So what you shouldn't do with the codes, though, is sell them. Right. You Abs- should not do that. You should absolutely not sell someone else's code they gave you for free after working on the game forever. The code they gave you for free to try to get more people to Jesus Christ. You want to say bags. you want to say okay, give it away to someone if you're not going to play or whatever. It's like okay, but once you start selling codes, oof, that's no good. Yeah, that's no good. So the internet is really great at uh, doling out swift justice in uh, these sorts of situations because it, it ruins it for the rest Just of the about. reviewers and exactly. the people that are honest. Then they want they're not sent codes, or the developers are less they're less they're more leery of giving out these codes. Yeah, they police their own business, and that will keep the developers happy and giving codes to people who actually deserve them. But if other reviewers and other people don't stay on top of this sort of thing, that's what leads to codes not going out. That that's what leads to you know, sites not having reviews until after release day. Sure. That leads to people waiting longer to buy games because they don't want to buy them without a review. Or it leads to people jumping on games without reading a review. <laughs> no one wants any of these things. So it's definitely best to, uh, you know, sure. not be a shithead. Immortal Redneck is a rogue-like first-person shooter set in the pyramids of Egypt. <laughs> and is currently available on PS4, Steam, and Xbox One. Immortal Redneck will come to Nintendo Switch on May 10th, right after my birthday. Sweet. That's not in the article. Let's see what this looks like, this game. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Let's, let's check out a video Apparently here. it's already out on PS4 and stuff. I'm some, I'm I just said that. I don't know this. <laughs> it's like, okay, this could be fun. Let's see. But are you actually a redneck? I guess you're an immortal redneck. Yeah, I mean, there's a picture right here. Oh, this looks fun. It's like a mummy. This looks very fun. It's it's very cartoonish-like. Oh, yeah. You're shooting like this wooden-looking gun. Uh, this looks, looks like a fun time. It's good stuff. All right, good on the developers for tracking down the, the chode for uh, selling I'll, that. I'll check it out. It's like you have like a little triforce, triforce-looking target on it. Cute little frog jumping at you, you're shooting. All right, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> that's an adorable first-person shooter. Immortal Redneck, check it out. Do well. Don't sell that reviewer code. No. 
All right. Ian, sir, we uh, postulated on a blanket-covered looking console arcade unit on the last podcast. And we're getting pretty much what I expected it to be. And a YouTuber <laughs> got the skinny. And we Spawn Wave, I heard of in the past, does good work. He got the inside skinny on, on the reveal. He got some photos and even what purports to be, am I using that word correctly? Purports to be the 40-game Neo Geo mini list. And I think we, we speculate about 30 to 40 games is probably kind of like what it probably would be and 40 a, probably should have been obvious i guess with it being the 40 oh yeah i didn't even think about that yeah 40 yeah well fuck me then i didn't I'm think not of that it. smart i didn't think of it until after yeah, the list that, that so like, oh, that makes sense let's look at the 100th anniversary get the 100 game one so all right so you have a cute little mini tabletop arcade unit that um i think it looks all right it, i'm not overjoyed with it i think you you're more bullish than me on, on how this looks you have a, a little mini <laughs> a mini chubby little joystick it looks like the japanese mvs um and you have uh it, it looks like the cd controller the the uh, neo geo cd controller kind of with the with the gray buttons probably feels uh, somewhat similar you have the four buttons you don't have the traditional four color neo geo buttons uh unfortunately I'll, I'll get into that and you have a start and select button it looks like or i guess a coin and, and player button i can't see it from here and but it looks like it's only about a foot tall doesn't look that big, which I was kind of shocked at. I thought it would be bigger than that. Really? Yeah, I thought it would. I thought you would have like a more traditional, uh, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I didn't think it would be that mini. It has a 3.5-inch uh, LCD screen, built-in analog joystick. Uh, analog, really, not digital. Analog? Are they, are they not yeah. being correct there? Yeah. I okay. mean, that's. I mean, it's it should be digital, but, I mean, it's a small little item. Okay. I'm thinking, I'm just looking, thinking of analog versus digital. That's all. Um, and buttons. <laughs> There's an HDMI port uh, for outputting it on a bigger screen. There's a headphone jack on the back as well. And then um, you have, let's see, ports on either side of the mini allow one to two players to plug in wired black and white USB-C controllers. So they're actually putting out a Neo Geo controller as well. Right. Which we possibly, yeah, it'll probably be a one. I, we both said, yeah, it's going to be one joystick setup on this uh, no matter what. It's going to have 40 preloaded games. Okay, so first, how, what do you think of the look of this? You like the there's, there's a little blue header on the top to sort of emulate a Neo Geo arcade machine, so you show off four uh, game titles on the top. I think that's cute. Well, yeah, I mean that blue hood, it, it looks like the Japanese machine. I, I like the way it looks. You like the Japanese versus the the red US? I would like both of them, but as I, an option, I, I don't think there's any problem with it looking the way it does. I mean, that's iconic. You think it, you think they'll give you your own little stickers to put on, or just the same stickers? Let's see. What do you got? You got what? What are the four games on there? Is that Metal, Metal Slug, Slug. Uh, a Samurai Showdown, uh, probably a King of Fighters? I can't really see from the, from that. I can't tell. Yeah, I can't tell what the other one is either. But um, but you you like it though overall? Yes, I do. Um, I think with the LC, I, I it's about what I expected. If they actually that's want really this small. to sell, yeah, it's gonna be small. They want it to sell. If it's gonna sell, it's gonna need to be under one hundred and twenty. I imagine. Yep, I imagine they'll be able to sell that at a, probably about a one hundred dollar price point. A three point five inch LCD, a three point five inch screen, whatever they're using, is. I mean that's. Game, I mean, you'd hope for that would be a better refresh rate, but I mean, we're talking about technology that could go into any portable system that sells for a hundred dollars. 
Sure. I mean, you see little LCD screens on everything now. You walk yeah. into you walked into your Walmart, and it's like, oh, play two hundred games in one on our little handheld. So yeah, that's not that much money. I, so what I, do you think about the joystick and buttons? Um, I think they're fine for the amount of space that they need. Uh, I think at, expecting a digital joystick, I would have liked one. I would have certainly liked a digital joystick. I understand why there's analog there. Probably for the size, it's. I'm going to guess it's probably the easiest thing to do. So well, you, think, is you, think that, you think that's micro switches in that joystick? No, if it's analog, there's no micro switches. Okay, that's the big, the big difference. Okay. So I, th- I think that's um, I think that's why they probably went analog. If it's that small, you know, you would either have to do like a Neo Geo Pocket uh, micro switch thumbstick. Or you could probably do an analog one for a lot cheaper. So I'm guessing they probably went analog. And the extra controllers are, might have the little uh, micro switch, it looks like. They're going to do like the four-button uh, joypad. I would love to see what those joypads end up looking like. Um, I've held similar ones before, and they're super comfortable and fun to use. Um, they've reproduced these a handful of times for PC. I think Sega Saturn, PlayStation 2. Um, so it would be great if these come out in our universal or at least usable on a couple of systems. Uh, I would definitely grab those just for the fun of it. But I'll get this. I mean, I I never thought that this was going to get released in a form for a reasonable amount of money that was necessarily going to be fantastic for a long amount of playtime. I just I didn't. I just I guess I just thought with with with, with what the Neo Geo market is, I thought this would be bigger and better. That's what I, I thought this would be something like two and a half feet. Something that, like, this is a substantial piece of hardware. That's what I thought. But SNK doesn't have that kind of money, and they need okay. this to sell. I, I guess I'm looking at the more expensive Neo Geo market and saying, like, they would be able to afford that, and they would put the money down for it, you know, versus something that, that bridged the gap to more casual audience. There's that, a market, sure, up for, for crazy Neo Geo collectors, but... but to me, the crazy Neo Geo collector won't buy this. Like, they'll be almost be, like, almost put off by it to me. I'm pretty That's, sure they'll, they'll buy it. They'll buy it just because just they bought they're the gonna, Neo Geo they're X? They're going to buy it to buy it. <laughs> okay. We disagree on there. I don't know. But um, well, you want to go over the 40 games on here? What do we got for the 40 games here? Nothing I, surprising in the slightest. That's that's the only thing. Like, it, I mean, it's it's a great... I mean, it it's the jukebox of what I would have expected to see on there. Um, do well, I... Well, you want to do a rundown of it? Go for it. Well, I don't have it open in front of me, the list. Uh, the link that I have doesn't have the list on it either. Well, we're professionals. Let's let's go into the YouTube video that has the list then. Let's see. Well, I don't want to see the same soccer stadium commercial on YouTube for the 50th time. Um, it like- was metal. I, I'm pretty sure it was Metal Slug 1, 2, and 3. It has King of Fighters uh, 96, 97, 98. Here it is. Ready? Yep. King of Fighters 95. King of Fighters 97. Was it not one of 96? I don't there know. is. Uh, 98. 2000 and 2002 weird so that's where i'm for my first see that i'm like is this a final list is this not the real list do you need five of the 40 games to be king of fighters games on here what else are they gonna throw in there well we'll get into that they have art of fighting on there and fatal fury special so two of the three franchises that make up king of fighters are on there uh but i don't see world heroes anywhere maybe we'll get to it um real about fatal fury uh, fatal F- furry that's another uh, franchise fatal fury uh, Garu, Mark of the Wolves. Not familiar with that game. That's another Fatal Fury. Okay, so all of a sudden we have already nine fighting games. Samurai Showdown 2, not the original, which I think is weird. And Samurai Showdown 4. And then Samurai Showdown 5 Special. We have the first 12 games being fighting games. Last Blade 2. Not familiar with that one. Really? No, no I'm not. 
What? Are you know every Neo Geo game that came out? World Heroes, perfect. Okay, there's your World Heroes. I can see having World Heroes game on there. Kazuna Encounter. All right. Well, that's that's a, a shooter, right? No, that's a fighter. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about then. So there you go. Metal Slug 1, 2, and 3. Uh, King of the Monsters 2. Shock Trooper 2nd Squad. Sengoku 3. Not the original. Okay. Uh, Ninja Masters. Not familiar with that one. Top Players Golf. Ninja okay. Masters is a fighter. So, so, so the almost all the first ones are, except for the Metal Slug games, it looks like, uh, are, are fighters. Well, that's what SNK is known for. I mean, almost everything that they got big for on that system is a fighter. But this is also a Neo Geo platform of itself, though. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's I mean, that's, that's mostly what it is. No, it's not. Yes, Top it... Fighters Golf. Okay. Super Sidekicks. Blazing Star. Puzzled. Uh, you have... This is why I think this list is not real when I first see it, because why are they splitting up the Metal Slug games in this list? So you have Metal Slug like 1, 2, and 3 on the left. On the right, you have X, 4, and 5. That's just really weird to me that it's set up like that. This is almost like a multi-cart list they took from somewhere. Magician Lord. There you go. There's a there's a original King of the Monsters. Okay. Blue's Journey, Shock Troopers, Rebel Army, Cross Swords, Mutation Nation, Three Count Bout, Last Resort, Ghost Pilots, and Football Frenzy. I don't know if that's a real list when I look at that. Doesn't seem that off to me. It seems a little off to me. I'm not sure why you're surprised at that amount of fighting games. There's not a huge amount of variety when I'm looking at it. They couldn't put a one Puzzle Bobble game on there? They, could, they couldn't it's license it? It's not SNK. They couldn't get Typo. the license. None of that stuff is anything that's not SNK or non-first party. Can't give me Super Spy? Probably not. Can't give me Baseball Stars? Baseball Stars I was surprised to not see. I'm pretty sure I saw a list that did have Baseball Stars on it somewhere. So they, But no matter how you dice it, yes, you're probably going to have that many fighting games. I mean, that's the majority of what's on this. So we system. need to have six Metal Slug games on this. You're probably going to have all the Metal Slugs. I'm not excited for this list. There's not enough variety. Over 40 games for me. There isn't. I'm just sorry there's not. I don't need to have uh, six King of Fighter games and uh, two Fatal Furies. What would you have wanted on it, then? Three, you need three Samurai Showdowns? Three of them, Ian. This is what people want on the Neo no. Geo. This is I'm what people interested. play. I'm That's not interested. Fine. I just I'm telling you, I'm not interested personally. I don't know what Neo Geo you, you would have wanted. or what The Neo games Geo that I played know. in the arcade. The games that were actually in the arcade in the U.S. that were played. Some of them. This is what I mostly saw. You, 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 saw, you saw King of Fighters 2000? Yes. In your machines when you first went in the, in the, in the early to mid-90s. Yes, all I've ever no, seen. No, you didn't see it because it wasn't out then. Not yet. in the 90s, but when it was for around. The, for the yes. first three or four years, you didn't have a lot of fighting games besides Art of Fighting, World Heroes on there. Uh, you, you you had uh, Samurai Showdown 1 on a lot of the... the, the, the we're Samurai Showdown 1. You, it was you, a better game. But you can't put 1 on there then? Well, g- give me 1 and 4. Am I, am I being totally ignorant of what which the fighting games people want to play? I, I just want more variety. Two, That's all. Two would have been a better choice. Give me Nam nineteen seventy five, something different. No, they put Magician Lord on there, but not but not Super Spy. Super Spy is, is that SNK? I don't think. I don't so. care if it is. Get the fucking rights. Pay well, tw- pay two dollars for them. They don't have a ton of cash. Oh my god! Well, I, I never played Football Frenzy. Is that decent? Actually, I don't know anything about football. I'm guessing that's either. a soccer game, not an actual fo- American football game. Let's find out. Let's let's find out about that. Football frenzy. The golf game's on there, which is fun. Oh, which one? It's not Turf Masters, is it? Oh, it's not. It's the yeah. other one. Yeah, Turf Masters. Top players. Is the okay, I one. thought it was Turf. Okay, damn it. 
Football Frenzy Neo Geo. Oh, it's an American football game. I never played that before. That's why I never saw it in an arcade, actually. Isn't there a Super Nintendo or NES version of this? Not NES. Oh, okay. Um, I could be wrong. It looks like a Tecmo Bowl. It's a cute-looking Tecmo Bowl-looking game with a cute Amer- uh, eagle, uh, bald eagle. as, as All right, so you're, you're more bullish on this than me. I don't like this list. I, they have King of the Monsters, though, and Magician Lord. There you go. There's a little original throwback. You can get Magician Lord on the Switch if that's all you want. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You're trying to you're not sell me? All right, so you think it's going to be 120 bucks at most? I think most? it'll. I, I think they're going to have to try to shoot for a $100 price tag, but I think it. I think no matter what, it'll probably be under, you know, 120. Okay. So you think that these are 40 games that just because they had them laying around, they didn't have to license anywhere else to put them on and be done with it? Yeah, I don't think they put a lot of thought into the list. I just understand why so many of these what are the on hell? there. I, this is this is the. This is the usual SNK greatest hits. When you see when you see SNK putting out Neo Geo stuff, this is a lot of the stuff you see. What the hell is Blue's Journey? It's a platformer. Okay, so we got one platformer. Okay. Um I never played actually I never played Mutation Nation either. Mutation Nation. Mutation Nation is fun. Okay. There you go. Enjoy your uh Neo Geo Mini with fifty out of the forty games being fighting games. I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> it's very possible. I just wish there was more variety. That's all. Okay? My, my, my an idiot? I guess so. I wish there was more variety. I wish there was more of the games I actually played in the arcade. That's all. I'm sorry. No dodgeball? They couldn't They couldn't get a super dodgeball on there? They ever play that version? You get the big big head guy? Only a so. few times. It's fun. It's, it's different. It's different. Thank you. Give me bust a move. That's all. Moving on. We're speaking of minis. Jesus Christ. This is miserable. So they crashed and burned with the chameleon. They failed with the convention. But Coleco is back with the Coleco Evolved Mini Arcades. And boy, are they going to hurt your goddamn feelings. All right. Well, they might reach the goal here this time. Oh, they're, they're going to. So this just came up uh, recently. They are offering the same mold as your original Coleco Coleco Industries made mini arcade units but they are doing Rainbow Bright and Robotech uh, four buttons it's like similar style joysticks and you have like a start and select button on there um, it's about time retro done right classic oh. shell new hardware Coleco we have to remind people, I guess, for the 18th time that Coleco... This is not Coleco. This is not the original Coleco Industries from the 80s. This is Coleco Holdings with LLC, which is uh, just a trademark company that is looking to license the Coleco name out to obvious different entities, like they did with the Chameleon before. What we have is a load of shit. So they <laughs> talked about this a lot, how they wanted to bring back... Uh, even back during the the, uh, the, the chameleon days, the chameleon days, oh, yes. those, the chameleon, we uh, love for those days. Ah, oh, the salad days, the salad days of the CU podcast. Yes. Um, they talked about how this was something that they were going to do, how they wanted to bring back and recreate, and a, a lot of it what sounded like they were going to maybe re-release or reissue um, these old Coleco game machines. Oh, a reissue would be cool, right? If, if I get the, if I can get the Frogger back again, which I can't find, it's in the box somewhere. Or a, a, a pack, a Pac-Man. You ain't gonna get the rights of Donkey Kong back, you know. But if you can get some of these back in a new form, I'm all for that. 
but they were vague. They were, they were very vague when they were talking about what they were doing with it. But we all knew that on the side they had these rights sitting around that they were going to. Oh yes, they were going to do something. They were like. announcing on the Coleco, uh, what is it called, Coleco Holdings LLC, um, that they had Rainbow Bright and Robotech ready to go for these for a while. The Coleco LLC heavily modified fan group Coleco uh, evolved machines feature full color lcd display this is so gross powerful new gaming, gaming chipset chip i bet you it's built from the ground up if amd you, <laughs> if you see the video the chip is being inserted into the top of the machine yes uh, uh revamp joystick and accurate action buttons all right revamp joystick <laughs> it looks like the original joystick it probably acts similarly i don't know how I don't know what accurate action buttons is. Maybe they're going for that 80s aesthetic of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll give them this. There's a rechargeable lithium-ion battery pack. All right. Well, that's pretty much a given nowadays that you, you don't want to find a D or C battery anymore. Miss mm-hmm. Pacman just committed suicide. Miss Pacman just took... You see that? I just caught Miss Pacman jumping. I, I swear to God. Yep. She was like, I Ms. can't like, be I'm part Ms. of this. Miss Pacman's like, I'm out. And um, probably the last good part, this is where all the positive aspects will end. And even these aren't like amazing. Um, Hi- the, highly detailed uh, the highly detailed <laughs> colorful rainbow bright and robotech art wraps so the side art and the um, marquee art looks okay it's alright it looks okay yeah I mean the robotech one looks you know alright they, they do the job of making the outside case look fairly decent oh okay I think no, I, I think the looks of them are, are fine. They look like the, it's the same uh, shell, looks like, for the most part, as the original Kalika ones from, what was that, 82 or 83 I'd, when they made them. I'd love to get my hands on the plastic, though. I bet you it's squeaky and <laughs> shitty. And flaky? Maybe even flaky. All right, like so croissant. Uh, Rainbow Bright, Journey to Rainbow Land. I just need to say this because it's driving me nuts. These don't look anything like the originals. These are... You mean the games themselves? Yes. These are just shitty little garbage LCDs playing games that, I don't know... Are too advanced for these systems, obviously. Well, yeah. And and they look like... They look like shitty cell phone games. They look like maybe what what yawning Triceratops would look like on on one of those plug and play (laughs) at game Sega Genesis consoles. When you look at the, the, the Rainbow Bright game, looks like... It's like an adventure RPG. It looks like Crystalis. You know, you're walking around. You got Rainbow Bright. It's like an it's it's an NES looking game in terms of graphics and style. Yes, but I it, mean, it could be an NES homebrew for all I know. I don't know. All she does is throw a little ball. But it looks like that could be that could have been a game that came out on the NES. Sure, but it's far too advanced for the time period. First of all, yeah, and it's far too advanced for what you remember these games being. Mm-hmm. So. I won't be surprised if this Rainbow Bright game came out somewhere else. So it would be dumb not to because right. it's a completed – it looks like an – again, it looks like an NES game, like a home – it may very well be. Players can join Rainbow Bright and her pal Starlight. I have a Rainbow Bright doll somewhere from the flea market, by the way. As they spread color and happiness in this classic RPG-style game journey to Rainbow Land. Uh, it's a cl- retro classic RPG for gamers of all ages. Okay, like I said, it's more like an action RPG, like uh, like I said, like Crystalis. Um then you have Robotech, the Macross, Macross Saga. How do you say it, Ian? You're an anime guy. Macross? Macross. Robotech made its pop culture splashdown in 1985 when Harmony Gold released their epic 85-episode Robotech cartoon series. The series' success paved the way for toys, figures, books, movies, and, of course, video games. Well, sure, in the U.S. really didn't care, though, but whatever. Robotech, the Macross Saga puts players in the driver's seat as Earth's last defense in an epic intergalactic battle against alien forces. Players transform... 
uh, misspelling there, uppercase L, transform their Veritex into three modes, fighter, guardian, and, and batsloy to battle on the ground in the air and on enemy ships. Each level challenge, okay, whatever, shut up. So this is a, a side-scrolling shooter. Side-scrolling shooter that is way too advanced for even probably the NES. Um, it, it looks like it's like an 8-slash-16-bit game that might have come out. Actually, I can't fit a system with the look. It looks like it's an indie arcade-looking game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not particularly impressive. It's looking. not particularly retro looking. No, when that, you look at it, that's the thing. When you look at any of these games and you look at how they move around and the quality of whatever architecture they're running on, the look of the game does not at all fit with the case. Well, they slapped in something. Well, remember, remember that most of these are vertical screens on these originals? Sure. These are not. No. Because these games come from a different era. Yeah. So these aren't vertical arcade games. These are horizontal 2.75-inch so, LCD screens. Yeah. So they're the games aren't exactly to the proportion of the original machines, but they just don't fit what's in there. A lot of games of this... It, uh, these look like the sorts of games that you find jammed into those. You find them at Target now, into those 100 games in one for $80 little LCD full-color handhelds. Those are the quality type of games. That's what I'm expecting. Only it looks like that that's, you're going to get one of those in these, and you're basically you're paying for the packaging. You're paying 45 bucks for the early backer price. That's two, the first 200 That's the early bird. $55 is the regular backer. Then they have the MSRP down there. I guess it gets you to buy it cheaper. $69 is what they're going to charge for this in stores. I don't think that would ever sell for $69. No, absolutely not. I guess he can sell maybe for $40 in stores or $50, maybe. Is that too much to ask in a store? I wouldn't buy it, but I think at $45 bucks for something in a store, big? you might get someone to buy For $50, bucks, you will probably get someone to buy it if it's a license that they like. If it's a license they like. If it's a license they like. Because not to play it, I don't think that you're ever going to see something amusing enough to play in there. But because of the look and because of the arcade machine aesthetic, I think you could you could probably get someone to buy something like that for, for 50 You know, if they oh, did if they did a Voltron this, one that looked really cool or something This is my like question, that. though. And this is something I just thought of now because uh, sometimes I have a decent idea, you admit. When you play these games, these were like five-minute sit-down-and-play games. Yeah, these are not five minutes sit down and play games. If you're playing an RPG on one of these, is that going to be some strain going on, or just like after a while? What well, the it's fuck? just not going to be fun. Um, is there, I guess there must be a, a battery save in it if it's an RPG. Why? Well, I, I wouldn't make that assumption. <laughs> I mean, you would hope, but let's not make any assumptions with these folks. That's a bad idea. Or a password or something for that game. How is that going to save? I mean, a, a side-scrolling shooter. That works, but... A side-scrolling shooter, you think maybe it's a 45-minute game at most, but even that for that, this could be... But you're not playing an adventure RPG, which could take hours. I don't think that's a smart idea no. for one of these. No. That I think about it. I'm really interested in what, what's, what's the percentage of who's getting what right now on this. Um, and there's a, you can get both for... 85 gets you both early bird. 76 people got both. Mo okay, this is strange. Okay. Rainbow Bright, 15 people have gotten. 73 have gotten Robotech. So clearly, Robotech's been is the big winner, but then you have, uh, da, 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 da. why would people get the get the non early bird one? They didn't see the, other, the cheaper option. Seventy six people have gotten both. So either you get both 
just for shits and giggles, or you just get Robotech. That's what it looks like. Right. No one cares about Rainbow Bright, which I would assume yes, because uh, I, I, I don't know any boys that watch Rainbow Bright, uh, so I don't think, and these are mostly selling to uh, man boys still, so I mean, that, that, that sort of works out. Um, so when you go down, Ian, we're getting to the best part. You have the Robotech reward, the Rainbow Bright reward, which is 45 for early, 55 regular. Get the two pack. Then you get the limited edition. You get the right. You say out of the Mike Kennedy playbook. Hmm. The limited yeah. edition metallics. metallics. $200 per style. $200 for one quote unquote metallic. Is it made of metal? No. It better be made of metal. <laughs> if it's $200 and not just gold or silver gray plastic. Get a gold Robotech and a silver rainbow bright. And that looks, they look, nope, they look garbage. Is to there me. information on whether or not that is actually metallic? Is it actually a metal case on that? I highly doubt it. That's probably just going to be gold plastic and silver plastic. Otherwise, it would have said limited edition metal, not metallic. Four people are in so far for the limited edition Robotech, two for the rainbow bright, and three poor souls are getting both of those wow. at this point. Man, so fools and their money. Um, okay. I don't know much about manufacturing, but I don't know if, if gold and grayish uh, plastic costs that much more than purplish blue and white. No, and you're being disingenuous. You know that's not the point. Oh, okay. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> They're just trying to sucker people out of it, and apparently it's working. And then we have a stretch goal for $180,000, which I don't know what that we is. We don't know what it is. Um, I, I really hope it doesn't get that high up. In that, Here's the point, people. The Coleco name at this point, we know it doesn't mean anything. It's just a name license. Anyone could have gone out and produced these had they gotten the licenses for the properties and games. I could have gone out and gotten the Rainbow Bright property and Robotech, find people to produce them. Without the Coleco name, it would have been, you don't need the Coleco name on these to get these produced. It's obviously a bonus because Clico's, uh, Clico Industries produced these in the 80s. Yep. And that's it. So, But hey, this is an idea that finally worked. So people yeah. are buying it. They're giving people what they want this time, at, it, least for the, at least for one of the two games, it looks like. It looks like uh, it's going to succeed. All right. And so these are going to ship in September and being produced in August. And in September, so many people are going to be like, woo, boop, boop, boop. This is fun. Okay, I'll never touch this again. We'll see. Sad. We'll see. Maybe they'll have it at the toy show in New York. <laughs> that, would be, that would be fun. <laughs> Risks and challenges. We've already finished the prototype phasing and moved into tooling. The expected challenges come with blah, blah, blah. Uh, we want to make sure the product we deliver lives up to the hard work put into the original Clico Minis from the 80s. All right. Well, they have a prototype. That's, that's something that could be said for the Chameleon. So they're already ahead. So, is there any... Okay, let's give him credit here. This is a product that some people will want. Is there any game you'd want to see put in there? On an LCD, because they're not redoing the original. Uh, what are those, vacuum fluorescent? Yeah, no, that's fine. I mean, honestly, I would like to see... I, I mean... Would you see, like, in a, like, like, other companies have done, like, the Burger Time ones, like, we've seen in, like, Karate Champ and things like that. So, other companies have done... That would be videos. far more interesting to me than some... No but in, name game, but in that original shell case, case though, is that is, yeah. that is that the draw versus that generic? Because you can buy these in the store. Other companies make these. Yeah, I mean, in that in that shell with any of those games that they originally had would be great. I just don't want to play these 
licensed games that I mean, you don't know who the de- they're not any fun. You don't know who the developer is, et cetera, et cetera. The Burger Time one costs thirty five dollars from the My Arcade line. So yep. I've seen those. Okay, so so now you know the price. It's the point. junky games that are going in. That is like the but yeah, it's the Burger Time NES version. It's not the arcade version. These are small. These are six inch ones. These are bigger. Right. So the LCD. Let's see how big is the LCDs. Uh, da, da, da. Trying to see how big the LCDs on the small. They're probably two inches. I can't picture them being uh, over over two inches. So okay, so, that, so th- there is a market for these. Obviously, the, the classic uh, Coleco shape is is sort of iconic at this point, at least to me. That's why I like collecting them. Uh, maybe Nintendo put out uh, tabletops. You know, they could do that again. Well, actually, Coleco made these too, but for some reason they were shaped differently. I think. So anyway, uh, th- there you have it. Uh, didn't Coleco make these? Is there a Coleco thing on here anywhere? Nintendo. I think those are just Nintendo. Okay. Well, there you go. Coleco, you finally you, you hit upon a decent idea. Except for the limited edition metallics. Ian, we have a new sponsor coming on board the CU Podcast. It's AF Mobile. They are a prepaid cell phone service provider offering discounted phone service for only 45 bucks a month. Unlimited everything. Everything. Ooh. Minutes. Data. Text everything. Wow. You can also earn free phone service if you sign up with them. Click the link, which will all be in the description there, or just go to myafmobile.com slash podcast. They offer discounted cell phone service for again, for veterans, first responders, and firefighters. It's Armed Forces Mobile. Deeply discounted prices on one of the nation's largest networks. Unlimited everything. Like I said, 45 bucks a month. It includes unlimited, 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 unlimited calling. To and from Mexico in Canada. Canada. You have some friends in Canada and in Mexico. I, I sure do. I have family Both. in Mexico. I don't think I have any friends in Mexico now I think about it. Maybe one. And you can stream unlimited Netflix and Hulu in HD on your phone. Bring so your you T-Mobile go. phone today. Yeah. So there you go. Go to myafmobile.com slash podcast for further details and 45 bucks a month for unlimited cell phone and data service. Stamps.com. It's on-demand postage. And stamps. I've used stamps.com for like five years. Mailing DVDs, CU podcast pins, NES punk wristbands, T-shirts that we have. It's convenient. It saves so much time. You can use it from your desk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you need is a printer and you need a computer. And most everyone listening probably has that, I would think. So you buy and print official U.S. postage on any letter, any package. The mail carrier can even pick it up. You can schedule a pickup with the post office. You just click, print, and mail, and you're done. It couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Right now, we have a special offer via stamps.com. You go to stamps.com, you click on the little microphone at the top, and you type in CU podcast code. That's right, stamps.com, enter code CU podcast. And what you get is $55 in free postage, a digital scale mailed to you, and you get a four week trial. Again, stamps.com, extremely uh, convenient. I, I personally recommend it. Saves tons of time. You even save on postage at the same time. Again, go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, enter code CU podcast for your special offer. In what could be a precursor to my eventual uh, collapse in mind and body and auctioning <laughs> off my entire collection, there's a gigantic game collection coming up for auction in New Jersey. It's a 35 year old collection reported by our pal Chris Kohler. Indeed. Making inroads into the CU podcast. He's going to be a third host soon, it seems like. Um, this is on Kotaku. 
Uh, Tri-State area game collectors may want to take out a second mortgage. The ultimate nerd basement stacked to the rafters with classic video games. Computers will be put up on the auction block in New Jersey on May 31st. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, New Jerseyan Bill Logwedis, 45, an author of several books about vintage video games. So he, he used all these games to build up a knowledge base to write some books, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see. He, he did... Uh, da, da, da. Let's see. I thought the link would go to there directly, but I'll look into that later while we talk about this. So you have a bunch of old computer stuff, MXX computers, ones that I've either seen once or never before. Uh, what was the one? There was. Uh, if you look through, the, there's a bunch of bunch of good photographs of these. There's a 5200. Uh, there's like uh, accessories like the uh, the Atari Commander. Bunch of MSX computers. There's, there's weird uh, new Atari flashbacks there too. Um, lots of old old ass big box PC games, which I have in my garage now. Uh, which we'll get into that. Various Atari computer games, including Dig Dug and Wizardry. Also note the copy of Star Glider 2 in the rightmost pile. That's a 1988 flight game using flat-shaded polygons that looks a lot like Star Fox, probably because it was made by Argonaut Software, the eventual maker of Star Fox. Interesting factoids. So we have a ton of old computer stuff on here. A ton. I'm looking at other pictures. You have uh, monitors. You have Apple computers. It's like Commodore stuff in the picture. Might be a, probably an Amiga or two in there. Um more, uh, a bunch of 3DO games. It looks like a, a Pong standalone systems in there. Uh, if, you, if you look on the side there, you have, it looks like a, some sort of Manavox Odyssey. I, what is that, a display banner? What is that? I don't... You see that in the one picture? You get a bunch of, you get a bunch of Turbo Graphics and uh, PCFX and Super Graphics stuff there. That's very interesting. Um, looks like probably 60 to 70 games in all there. That's a decent amount of stuff there. Um, the next one you have the Dragon Channel, which I've actually seen at the Swap Beat before. Really, twice, twice. I, I've seen it twice by the same seller. So I know that was something that wasn't really available here. That was like in the foreign market. Oh, by the same seller. Okay. It's a clone, obscure clone of the TRS eighty. So I know it was a clone of that. I have seen that thing before. Believe it or I not, I knew it was a clone. I've never seen it in my life. I've never yeah. even seen a picture. of the I should box have bought it. You know, it was that rare. I knew it was. I was like, what the hell is this? And he has, I don't know, five of them. There. He has like two or three in the boxes, box and two. I don't know how he got, how did he get more than one? (laughs) I do not see, though, something I used to own, which I regret selling the MP1000 Imagination Machine Computer, which Uh, they only only made like a thousand of them. And I had one. I can't believe you got rid of that. I don't, well, it was was like 2004. I wasn't really collecting everything. Yeah, I mean, you've told me the story. It, It had everything, it had the original shipping box, it had all the software. I think it went to some ger- like Germany collector. It all went for like seven hundred dollars, and that was like two thousand four. If that was today, it would go for three to four times that probably. Um, maybe he has one hidden there. Okay, so this is going to go up for auction here um, in different pieces. A uh, hundred of the best pieces are going to be auctioned online, and then there's going to have a, a lots of stuff that which which we you always talk about. That's the best way to sell off collections. Oh yeah, it one hundred percent is. People ask me all the time, you know, what's the best way to sell off my collection? If you know, if I want to get the most money, it's gonna or, be a physical auction too. Yeah, if I want to get the most money, or how do I do it the quickest? Well, I think people always want a magic trick in my answer, but if you want to get the most money, you have to sit there forever and auction it off piece by piece. That's how you have to do it. I mean. In a simple way in your head, that's how it that that's the answer people want. They don't want to hear it, but that's how you make the most money. The easiest way to do it is do it in lots. You're not going to make as much money immediately, but you're also going to waste a lot less time. 
it's just so much easier to do it that way. So, so this is what Bill has written. He's he's written all these. Uh, he's written the Atari Flashback Essential Companion. He's written a Coco, the colorful history of Tandy's underdog computer. That's interesting. He's written a vintage uh, game consoles book, My Xbox One on Kindle, Vintage Games, We Fitness for Dummies, okay? My Xbox, My PlayStation Vita, uh, Atrix for Gummy. What is Atrix? Oh, that looks like it's a phone campaign? What is that? Uh, uh, yeah, so he's done a bunch of these before. So he's used his collection for good, for the most part. Where's that Dragon Tano book, though? I don't see that one uh, in there. <laughs> but, okay, when, when I look at this collection... You're not going to get... He's not going to get back what he put into it. Well, no. Probably not, unless he got most of these games for pennies. But the problem is, looking at stuff like the Tano Dragon or the NEC Trek PC 6001, you're going to have a few people that might want to get into that stuff. Yeah. Most people aren't going to care about it. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Just looking at uh, not just uh, computer game and computer enthusiasts versus retro games in general, but just overall. You're not going to have a lot of people in your side. Like, even like... I even come across Apple collectors of old stuff that just like collecting old Apple stuff. So that stuff can sell day and night, most likely. Sure. I think that's someone that I think, I, I came across like Apple's original digital camera that I bought. Uh, I, I, I bought it and I sold it on eBay and it made someone and I was kind of shocked by that. It's like they had a digital camera at one point in time way back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. So when you look at like all these old PC games there, the only thing I'm thinking is that I don't know who's going to buy that. And either someone that wants an instant computer game collection because you try piecemealing that out to sell it i don't know you're gonna get that far uh doing that well he said he's gonna put it up in lots i think that's i mean that's going to move it very quickly you can't when a collection gets to that size you you can't piecemeal it you've created a monster i mean the person buying oh what are they gonna do with it like there's always gonna be interesting individual rare pieces whether it's pc uh tandy whatever apple or retro games but when you start saying here's 200 big box PC average games from the 80s and 90s. You're going to have very few people that are willing to take on that amount in order to get something out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It depends on what the lots are and how he sizes them. I, I, I've i seen plenty of people, you included, who make purchases and then worry about it later. Sure. Okay. But, but I haven't... I, but I haven't... But <laughs> I have never bought a bunch of a big box lot. Have I bought a big box lot? I believe you have. On eBay? No, no, but uh, most of this is being done live in person. Only 100 pieces are being put up for auction online. Individual pieces. Okay, so in person, you have to go in person. Okay, so now you're limiting the audience even more. You're going to be in person for these these lots. Yes. Okay. Well, Well, 100 uh, of the best pieces are set to be auctioned online. The vast majority of tens of thousands of items will be sold in lots via the live auction. So... That we're not going to go. I'm, I'd be interested in knowing there. Maybe Chris will take a journey there to report on it for Kotaku. I would love to go. This this gets me. I, I don't normally get thrilled about this sort of stuff when people are selling collections and things. But I got to tell you, one of my favorite things every year, at least for the first couple hours until we run out of beer, um, is the. Um, I, I love sitting around. Well, actually, it's it's usually with Chris and uh, and my buddy Frank. Uh, I love sitting around at the uh, Portland Retro Gaming Auction. Why don't you sell your friend Pat? Because by the time be, we do, what? No, I sell with Dane. Anyway, oh, go on. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, it's a lot of fun, but you do see some really cool stuff. Uh, there's some Neo Geo there, by the way, too. So it would be really neat to go to something like this big because you you know you're going to see just all sorts of crazy bullshit you'd never. Think you might about. have you might have retro game vendors and collectors driving from 
from multiple states. Absolutely. To come see here. I would not be surprised at all if some of this ends up in, in convention halls this year or next year. It, it really depends. Well, like, like, something like the Neo Geo and Turbo Graphics and PC effects, you can put that online and sell that to anyone. That's what I would do. Sure. I wouldn't sell that in person unless it's so huge that you couldn't ship out. But they, from what I see, it's not for those stuff. But well, the, depending on how he does it in lots, you could see a lot of local stores. Show. I mean, digital press, maybe digital press will just buy most of it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's, I, I don't think this he's going to have a hard time. I think doing it as a live auction is going to make it very easy for him. He's not trying to dictate the price by setting a price on it ahead of time. I think that this should probably go very smoothly. This is going to be a Bodner's auction, Bodner's auction. Um, there's more pictures on the website. There's a link there. I'm going to, while we talk about it, I'll, I'll just scan through the pictures here. Um, it's, it's from various, it's not all old stuff. There's some newer stuff here too, but it looks like it's mostly old stuff. There's some weird stuff in here that I don't recognize at all. Lots of pieces and parts, monitors. There's a PS Vita, PlayStation. So it's like, this is going back to the early eighties up until not all modern day, but some, yeah, there's about, looks like, uh, 20 Neo Geo games. Oh, did you notice that in that first picture, there's a copy of Football Frenzy? Was there really? This no, first was, picture. Oh, oh, the, oh, there was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the very first picture at the top of the article. Football Frenzy. Okay, well, there you go. We're never going to mention <laughs> that game ever again in the podcast. We mentioned it twice in one podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my, this, So this guy's 46 and getting out of this. He said, okay, I wrote some books getting out, out of, of this. Out of the game. So at what point does this start happening every other month? And that was something I was talking about on Twitter. At what point does do you have these large collections all of a sudden start to be liquidated or auctioned off? Pretty regularly. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this is going to start happening tomorrow. But there's going to be a point in time, some year, where this won't be a story anymore. Where this is going to be like, well, we have uh, 50 collectors this year getting rid of their collections at the same time, or like around the same time. And doing that. It's going to happen. Sure. I don't know if it's five years, 10 years. I think I just joked and said like 20 years now, 2038. This is going to be every other month. It's going to happen before that, though, most likely. Yeah. Because I, I talk about people my age in their, in their mid to no, almost late 30s. In 20 years, I'll be close to retirement age, you know. But there's collectors older than me that'll be getting out way before. This guy's 46. There's collectors in their 50s and 60s. We know some of them that are even older. Mm-hmm. We know one person locally that got rid of everything. Yeah. And he had a lot of stuff about 60 years old. So that's like the magic age where at that point you really start reevaluating your life and what's important and retiring. But people even before that will be doing it. Mm-hmm. I already said, I'm going to parry on some of my collection. I already have it a little bit. You've seen it a little bit, a little bit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get rid of more. I have to organize. I'll get rid of more. The whole point I is, have, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. I, he's giving me a point. I'm giving you he a point. He usually kicks me in the balls all the time. I hear he's going to, he's going to, he's going to tickle you, him a little bit. I'll give you one. So the point is this, at some point, this is going to be a regular thing. And then the reaction, then he's got a bunch of like 90s computers, compact presarios, that stuff's worthless for the most part, uh, like keyboards laying around. So I wouldn't be, when you hear like whatever this was, 10,000 pieces, it's like, yeah, there's 10,000 pieces, but those can be pieces of, some of it's going to be junk. Not, but chunk of this is going to be good though. There's, there's mouses, there's flashback gold, so that's really recent then. Um, yeah, there's some cool stuff in here though. There's some definite stuff that's going to go. NEC Trek PC 6001. Yeah, I don't know anyone in the U.S. that would have had one of those or could have found one. Um, there's your Macintosh there. So check this out. Tandy Color Computer. I want the Dragon Tano. I just I decided that. I want to get it because the box is really colorful and cute. Yeah, no, that's the main reason. There's your Apple II for you, Ian. You can get one of that. A bunch of big box PC games. It looks like they're from, from the, uh, the 90s. Looks like from there. They actually looked at, And it's in a gigantic looking basement. 
all the stuff uh, packed to the brim there and a ps3 <laughs> i just thought it's funny yeah a, b- a bunch of trs 80 games i have some of those laying around um there's a vectrex you have a vectrex i think i saw some emerson arcadia 2001 games in one of the picture woo woo. that's for ian's collection I'll yeah do. uh the good old dragon town so all right so i guess at some point we'll talk about my collection being off on the, on the on the podcast uh should i do that in person yeah yeah you imagine if i actually did that how fun that would be i would just have fun that day i'd, I'd have it fully catered have a buffet, get a live band. Tacos, nachos. Would I, would I do it in locks, you think? Break it up into locks? You like would have to. NES games, A to G. No. I, <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> so some, one person would get like one third of the collection, another person would get half of it. That would be awkward. They start trading games back and forth. Which, which chunk of alphabet is worth the most? Oh, that would be... If only someone had a certain NES guide app, you could uh, you can do it. Only if, if only someone was paid for that certain NES guide app, that would be cool, too. <laughs> 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 bunch of amigos all right we had fun with this topic but we did check it out be in new jersey end of may may 31st all right ian we have a quick atari box update just a real quick atari box update <laughs> everyone uh just get your wallets ready the world's <laughs> the world's best system that everyone absolutely needs and is totally going to be great and not a failure uh, is going to go up for pre-order on May 30th because Atari, king of video games, great legacy. Um, they're bringing a product that is going to blow your balls off. Uh, that's why they're going to give you the opportunity to get in. Ground floor, bottom line, you can touch base with them. Get in and uh, you know pre-order for the low, low price of I believe it's going to be one ninety nine is that pre-order price, ladies and gentlemen. This is set to re- retail for uh, two fifty three hundred when you see it on the fucking shelves this holiday season at all your favorite hot shops and markets. Um, but no, no, if I mean, okay. So I just you know I just want to cover something real quick. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, this has been this has been well run into the ground by almost everyone. Everyone's been doing a good job. I wanna I wanna say thanks to everyone out there who's been doing great. Who's who's that? What's that company in the UK that, that's been doing real good? Uh, oh, oh, oh the, the covering it. The what is it? The Register. The, the Register's the register been great. The yeah, the Register's been great. Shout that out cheeky to, cheeky British humor. Yeah, shout outs to the Register. Um, we're gonna buy them a sandwich, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna buy them ten sandwiches. What's what's the UK version of a submarine or a sandwich? We'll figure it out. We'll get them fish and chips anyway. A doner kebab. Um, so. Someone said the other day, this is, I'm just going to use this, and they were nice, but I've seen this a handful of times. Someone said the other day when we were talking about this on Twitter that, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, I'd love for this console to work out, but I just don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. And I didn't come at them. It was just that I wanted to have the discussion. I was like, okay, this isn't a knockout on you, but I said, why, why do we even, why do you even want this console to happen? I was, I just, you know, I can you explain that logic to me? Because if this were to work out, it's not purporting to do anything that any of these other consoles can't do. There's no, there's no licenses that are exclusive to Atari that are begging to come back with a modern update. Mm -hmm. If this succeeded, all this would do 
would have another samey console on the market that is doing the same shit that every other system can do. And the games have been available uh, for a billion times over different forms. With yeah, exactly. In, and in the other systems, the other consoles have you know a more stable backbone. They have stabler businesses behind them. They um, have better controllers that are first party and developed for them. They're not some power a bullshit. So even if this were to succeed. What is the benefit in that? The that, benefit, that's, that's, Ian. The, that's the thing. Even at best case scenario, if these work and they aren't just nostalgia cash grabs, well, in the end, that's still what it is. It's not offering anything better. It's a nostalgia we, nipple tweak, Ian. Yes, and we talked. That's talk, what it is. And, and we've talked about it. the The bottom line is this is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. A la every other console we've covered. Of this nature. Like the chameleon. Yes. You are you are buying into the look of... Let's put it this way. Take away... Say you don't know what this would look like, and you're going off just the internal specs and features. Would you buy the item not knowing what it looks like or what it's named? If this was the yeah. random console, would you buy it? Yes or no? You're more likely going to say no, because... It's just a Linux-based computer with yeah. no features that, that are not... There's no unique features that you can't get elsewhere or games elsewhere. Then why buy it? Because you want something that looks like a console that came out 40 years ago that a company just about name only produced back then that's been resold a, a, a dozen times in 40 years, the company. If this was called a bread box and actually had all of the features in it, that Atari is currently promising this has. That they're touting. That, that it has all of these features, but it's called the bread box. It looks ugly as shit, and it's very boring, and it has no branding on it. And it comes with a collection of 50 Atari ROMs preloaded on it. And that's it. That's all you know about it. And it comes with a third-party controller. I don't even think these are going to come with controllers. I think you have to buy these fucking controllers separately. But say it has, it comes with that. And someone tries to sell it to you for two ninety nine or three fifty or two fifty to three hundred. They'd be. I mean, these people are being laughed out, which is great. But I guess that's the thing. To some degree, we want these, which is why some of these keep coming back. I I hope that this is the one where. I hope this is the one is where this the breaking lives. point. I hope this is the breaking point. Or it's like if this fails, if Atari can't do it, that's it. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't a knock to that person. We had a good conversation, but we don't really want this. We don't really want this to succeed. We don't because even if it does, what is it adding? It's adding nothing. You can go. How much is it going to cost again? They, they, they said between uh, two fifty and three hundred, I believe. By the way. Not a small point to make. This is going to be on Indiegogo and not Kickstarter. Yeah. And we all know why that is. You want to remind everyone, Ian, why things go to Indiegogo and not Kickstarter when it's hardware? Because uh, you don't have to have a working prototype. It's a lot more lax when it comes to hardware prototypes. Kickstarter, you must have a working prototype if it's a piece of hardware. Indiegogo, you can sell a dream or an idea. So, well then... What? They still have that speaker hat coming out. It's already out. Is it out? 150 bucks. 
No, it can't be that much for that. It cannot be that much. Money since for then, that. the I, I was flabbergasted as well. The since then, the what? No, no, you can't. It's just actually in the market. I don't think the it's only the new hardware that Atari has brought to market is a one hundred and forty nine dollar hat with speakers no, in it. No, it's called a speaker no, hat, and it was designed by a no, different company entirely. No, I don't believe it's one hundred fifty dollars. If you gave me, if you told me fifty dollars, I would I would have believed you. Uh, I mean, a hat costs two dollars to produce. Little mini tweaker speakers in a fucking hat cannot cost that much to put in a goddamn hat. It just cannot. It can't. There's a website called AtariLife.com that you can get $100 Atari hats. I know that the, I'm not into the hat and cap market. I know there are well-made hats out there. We know that. We've, we've seen them. Yeah. You know, we, we know that, you know, uh, there, there's some, you know, I think, I think what was it Jay-Z was at a, recently at a basketball game and had a hat that cost $1,000. Probably was like, yeah, that hat was probably given to him. He probably wasn't wearing it. But the, I do know there's a, there's a luxury hat market. Oh, no, there. I'm sorry. They're ninety nine ninety nine now. Limited, okay. Limited edition speaker hat was one twenty nine ninety nine. Now it's only ninety nine. Spring blowout sale. Yeah, they're blowing them out. No one's buying them. <laughs> no shit. No one is buying the limited edition Atari speaker hat. No one's doing it. Oh, that's what I see. They have the snapback. A snapback's $100. Uh, and then they have the regular, I guess, the full-fitted hat's $100 uh, here. You got to be fucking kidding me. We aren't. So can can they listen to me? Like when I'm walking around, or is this for me to hear? Do, do headphones get into it? You know how they no, have, no, it's, it's music. It just okay, plays it's, music you know out of your you, face. You know how those cat headphones are popping out because they have speakers yes. in it because other people can listen to what you're listening to too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would happen. So you can do that with this too potentially. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, other people would be able to hear what you're hearing. Can they listen to my thoughts about my, my broken childhood dreams about owning no. Atari consoles again? Does no. that be transmitted? Is that part of the Atari hat deal? Okay, we're going to move on, I think. Yep. All right, Ian. Pat. Uh, we're going to discuss Pinball Arcade now. Yeah, this is sad. So, Pinball Arcade by Farsight Studios has been a long-running uh, virtual pinball the biggest one, arcade right? Arcade program. Yeah, the the, 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 the two biggest are um, Pinball Arcade and uh, Zen Pinball, a.k.a. Pinball FX. Um, pinball Arcade is the biggest that uses real tables. It's been going for ages and ages. Uh, if you could tell me what they, year it started, I don't remember. Um, it, the... It started on the iPhone. It's had iterations on the Xbox 360. That was a rocky start. It's been on PS3. It's Lucky been start. on. Yeah. It's been on um, PS4, Xbox One. It's had individual releases on disc based on uh, various um, companies like the Williams Pinball Arcade, uh, going back to like the PS2. Who did the ones for the, on like the GameCube? Those collections. The uh, all of the, uh, any of those that had the something arcade. That's all Farsight. That's oh, all. So, so they did those yes. going back then. Okay. Yes. So they've been doing this for a long time. Um, and they announced for the Switch. It was on the shop for like a day. They took it down. So it's been announced for the Switch too. Yes. Um, so they. Uh, so the 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 big thing was um, for the longest time they had licenses to Williams machines, um, Bally's machines. Uh, Stern's machines and uh, Gottlieb's machines, which is like eighty percent of the pinball machines. Well, especially because Stern would have also then included the license for Sega's machines and Data East. Then you machines. get ninety percent of the pinball machines, like of, of at least the modern era, right? Um, and then Gottlieb would have also given you Alvin G machines. So, I mean, what's an Alvin G machine? Uh, Gottlieb's kid. Oh, I don't know. That. Um, 
and there's a couple on there. So, so, so this is the, this is the so, place to go to for virtual yes. emulation, at least legally on your console. And they have released tons and tons of tables across all of these for their what their most popular product ended up being was their um, digital download uh, title. It comes with you. you it comes with one table for free. You get to play. Uh, I believe it's uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, and then. You pay for the rest of it. You get three more tables unlocked, and then you buy table packs or seasons. You buy individual tables or seasons. I have every single table for it, and I think it's something like 80, 75 to 80 tables I think I have now for the the PlayStation 4 version. Okay. Um, Every pack that's come out. I have every pack that's come out. They launched. I think based, there's actually more than that, though, based upon how many's leaving. But I'll get into that. Well, there's uh, there's there's probably more that have not been put out on PS4 that are on. Um, oh, really? So different consoles have different ones. iOS is going to have the most. Okay. That was that was the main platform they started on. So basically, they're still, on, they're still on iOS. Yeah, everything hits iOS first, and so, then so you can buy them now. Still. Yeah, you can buy them now. I'm getting there. So what happened is. They, uh, Pinball Arcade is losing the licenses for the Williams and Bally tables. Which is a majority. Um, and that's happening on June 30th, 2018. Woo. So if you can still buy them, and if you have them purchased, you will get to keep them, and you will still get to play them. But if you want them, get them now. This is a massive bummer. This is one of the greatest programs that has ever... This is one of the best things that's happened to pinball fans. Um, and this is one of the saddest things, these these licenses ending. Yes, there's pin mame. Yes, there's other ways sure. to play. But the ability to support the pinball community, to support these licenses and to support these companies, to get these updates, to get everything as official as possible... Has and the, just and the, been and the physics are better than Pinmame from what I've seen and heard. The physics on on this have been fantastic. Um, it, it's just been wonderful. There's always been some problems with with Pinball Arcade to me in terms of the high scores and things like that, and that's that has to do with it, you know, being on a billion different platforms and things of that nature. Um, it's a small team. I understand that. I still, I you know, I could always say I wish that tables had. Um, you know, tables from the iOS version had hit the you know the other uh, other platforms more quickly, so they will keep their other licenses and they're losing sixty one tables. Wow! I'll just read the first twenty. Just let me read the first twenty. Yeah, just the first twenty alone is like I'm out. Like, well, yeah, I mean, ready? most of them are Williams and Bally. Ready? Yeah. These are uh, Tales of Arabian Nights. I like that game more than mm-hmm. you probably. Theater of Magic, great game. Medieval Madness, one of the best games ever. One of my favorites. Uh, Bride of Pinbot, Circus Voltaire, great game. Funhouse, one of my favorite from the eighties. Gorgar, Monster Bash, Black Knight, Creature in the Black Lagoon, Elvira and the Party Monsters, No Good Gophers, Taxi, Scared Stiff, Twilight Zone, Star Trek, Next Generation, Attack from Mars, Doctor Dude, one of my favorites. Firepower, Cactus Canyon, which you can't find in person to, to play. It's one of the hardest to find one. It's a great game. So all there, okay. Those are some of the best games ever. They're gone. Yeah, it's going to be the majority of them. Uh, yeah. They didn't start doing heavy Gottlieb releases until, uh, I would say, probably at least on the PS4. Oh, my God. What a bummer. Uh, probably the past two years, I want to say. It, they didn't start dropping those on there heavily until later on. They definitely worked hard to release as many of the Williams and Bally titles as they could early Adam's on. Adam's family's on there. Because, well, of course. Yeah, um, junkyard. Um, because those were the ones that would get people to buy the tables. Sure. Uh, by the by the you know the program so the, yeah a, a lot of those are going to go so what's th- happened is as farsight had 
I think they probably saw this coming, or, I mean, they would have known when these licenses were going to expire. About two years ago, they released um, the Stern Pinball Arcade, uh, which is, they started selling that, and I believe they used that money. This was kind of a good way to get the licensing rights so they could start doing digital conversions of newer Stern tables. They've done Mustang, they did Star Trek Vengeance, they did ACDC. And I'm assuming that they will continue to grow their partnership with Stern to continue putting out the new Stern tables digitally. It's a shame, though, that I would have bought this for the Switch. I would have bought this in a second because it's shaped like a fucking pinball machine. Yeah. And, you can, and you can swing it, and then you have a vertical screen. It makes perfect sense. So I'm guessing that they probably didn't want to put it out in there. Or I think it was up, I saw it up for a day, and they took it down because they said it was a licensing issue, probably because they originally had everything available. It's like, oh, no, we can't anymore. I don't know why or what happened there, but... I would have bought all of these for the Switch. Have a portable one like that would have been great. I would have liked to, but I have bought. You've rebought them before. I've rebought these. <laughs> I've bought. I've rebought some of these tables four times. Why do you think the? They think they said that uh, Williams and 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 uh, Valley has not said why the the, the rights are, they, they don't want the rights back. What do you think is going on? If two companies are doing it. Uh, it's not Williams and Valley. Oh, they're the same though. Yeah, that's under. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason. I can't imagine what, though. I, I mean, putting I don't... Out the, putting out by themselves, maybe? Do they figure we can put these out ourselves? I, it's on form? It just seems silly to me to break up such a wonderfully cohesive system. I mean, it had almost all the licenses. Maybe they feel like they can do better. I I, I don't know. But it, it it's sad. I'm just glad I have them. I'm just glad I have them. I, I would have gotten in the Switch. I would have said this is like a perfect system for it. But I, know, I, Just for portability. I have um, to double check and make sure I have all the the packs that are out. I think I do, unless one was released in like the past four to six months. It's a sad situation. You know, it's also sad. I am blocked by Pinball Arcade on Twitter, and I have no idea why. I just discovered that because I was trying to look at the news. You are blocked from following at Pinball Arcade. I don't think I've ever said a bad word about Pinball Arcade in my life. Have, have, have I? Have I? I don't know. Criticize you, you get really riled up when you find out you're blocked. Well, this is this is a professional <laughs> company blocking me. I should know why. <laughs> okay. you, if you got blocked by Pinball Arcade, wouldn't you be upset? Well, I mean, I'd say it was weird. It's weird, right? Come on, Pinball Arcade. If I said something shitty, maybe I did. Forgive me. I I don't think I've criticized your selection of, of tables. Ian, Ian, Ian would give you fellatio. I mean, he loves you guys. I, I mean, I, I do. I'm not going to go that far, though. But you know what I mean? He'd give, he give you something back. I've given you my money four times over. Yeah, so... Come on, some goodwill here. Give me a second chance. I, I'm not that bad. I never added you, did I? I have no reason to call out Pinball Arcade anyway. We, Fuck. We have 15 minutes. We got a little bit more than that. All right. We, we have our Patreon topic, Ian. And how you access the CU Podcast Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. Celebratory seltzer. So the topic that went out, we had three topics. Uh, what game, past or present, would Pat and Ian play competitively? Second place with 40% when I last checked. How much do repro labels reduce the value of a retro game? 11%. Not that much interest. That one's getting knocked out of the rotation. But finally, time. after so many silver medals, ethics of YouTubers reviewing free retro gaming products is at 49%. Ian, take it away. What's your thoughts on youtubers reviewing free retro gaming products uh, i mean i i think it's kind of it, it should be the responsibility 
of people who are respected in the retro gaming community to review these products and put out their um, 100% accurate opinions on them um, so that we do not get uh, garbage coming out um, that falls into people's hands. Uh, I think that by sending review products to uh, these individuals for free, it also um, gets them into the hands of these people so that they can. Some people are not always going to buy um, these products to test out if they're uncertain by them or if they're from a new uh, a new company or such. The issue is it can get very, very dicey. Um, it can get very dicey very quick. I understand why it's done. I understand why people do it. And, you know, a lot of these products can be great, but it's, it's, it's tough to know when it's gone from... It's hard when you've gone from buddy-buddy... Like, it's easy to become friends with some of these people that you meet. and People that mean develop these yeah, retro yeah, game consoles. Yeah, or it, 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 it's easy to become sometimes well, friends with these people that you meet or you know. And even if you're reviewing it, even if you're reviewing it honestly, you know, you, you have to wonder how much of something is, is affected by how well you know someone. I I have reviewed things that I have been comped for. I I try to always mention if I bought a game or if I got it on a code when I review well, it. You, it. I, I you have, have to. to. Yes. You have to mention no, something's I mean, giving that, you free. Just, like I, I basically, you know, I, you have to differentiate that. What I want to say is I try to buy a lot of the stuff that I review because if you're paying for it, you're likely to be a much harsher judge. Of what you're reviewing, or fairer at least. Yes, I think, and that and that goes for people that have gotten free game reviews. And that there's been even reviewers on websites that felt like they couldn't give too harsh review because they wouldn't get future review codes, for example. Right. Or the website can no longer, you know, they didn't, you don't get a review code. You can't put out a review till the game comes out. And you, you're hurt by that. I think what's important to remember that is the retro game community is so much smaller. There's not a lot of, I guess, go to retro game reviewers that people go to to begin with. So if you have that stature already. You might be it might be harder to give that up because it's so hard to get to there to begin with. So maybe you don't want to piss off Hyperkin or Retrobit. Right. I know some of the people that work for these companies. So when I come out and say the Retrobit uh, Generations thing that came out last year was a disaster, I then have to see those people and mm -hmm. talk to nice people that work for the company. Yeah. And and yes, and sometimes they, they'll say yes, that was bad. It was bad. We're going to improve it. But you don't know how that's going to be taken on the other side. Sure. You know, if you're trying to be honest with it, with it, so yeah, you you get into you get into places where sometimes people that know each other create these products. You know, sometimes YouTubers themselves get into creating retro game uh, retro games, or they get behind the consoles and start doing that. So we're getting to some dicey relationship areas too when it comes to this stuff. A little incestuous at times, um, but you always have to tell whether or not you paid for an item. Or you don't have to say that, but if, if you get it for free, you gotta say I got this game for free, right? I guess, that's or, or, I was pay, or I was paid to promote it. That's that's just that's FTC. Yes. You have to do that. Uh, you have to be ethical. But the, the the biggest complaint I have when it comes to seeing retro game reviewers uh, getting stuff, and we've seen it for uh, things that we've been critical of, and coincidentally, when we're critical of it, we're not given early access. But I've seen other YouTubers get it with stuff that is in a legal gray area oh, that sure. I've seen. You probably know exactly which one I'm talking about yeah, because no, they've tried to come after me. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so when we're pointing out that this stuff may not be legal, we're not just saying that to, for shits and giggles. We're saying that to protect the consumer. We're also making sure that you're not giving away your money to a product that may not eventually come out because legally it gets shut down by someone. Right. 
We're doing our due diligence. So if we're doing our due diligence to even say this might be a legal gray area, I expect other people in the retro gaming community to do the same due diligence. So I get annoyed when I don't see that. Right. With like, oh, I got this product early that's coming out, but I'm not going to say whether or not it's legal or not. Or or either it's ignorance or they're ignoring the issue. Yeah. It's, it's both ignorance. No, it's not ignorance. It's either pure ignorance or they know and it's they're It's willful ignorance. Willful ignorance or... Whether the ignorance is willful or not. Yes. Is there a word for non-willful ignorance versus willful ignorance? Wilford Brignorance. You see what I'm saying, though? Yes. They should know. They should look into things. Yeah. Whether or not that's going to piss off the person that gave them the free product. Yes. That's an integrity issue. And there we have it. Did I say any more about that? No. Mm. Crystal clear. By the way, it was 48% that... So we got someone else pumping in for the would Pat and play games competitively. Of course I would. I'm I'm pretty good at some games. All right, Q and A time on the CU podcast. Uh, this is Ian asks. Ian asks the question. This is from Jay Funds. Barcades are booming right now. Any chance of you guys opening one one day? If so, what would Frank's job be? Frank would be a great greeter and just. Uh, Saloon patron. Oh, he'd be a great barback. Barback. Bar wonderful, gruff barback. Guy just takes the beers away and <laughs> cleans it off. <laughs> he wouldn't be gruff. They'd be friendly. He'd be, maybe give a little more attention to the female patrons, but he'd, he'd, he'd be good. He's got the look. He's got the look. I think he'd be. He's look for a bartender in a movie, though. I think I, I teach Frank to bartend. I think. I don't think Frank would want to bartend. You don't think so? If they want anything he, other than a beer, but he talks screw. to everyone. No, he likes making drinks for people when you go over. Uh, Christmas he makes all the drinks and okay, that's fair. That's I think fair. Frank will be. He looks like the guy from Tapper almost so, <laughs> to a degree. Okay, um, I have thought about it. I will say that I've looked into it. Um, I think it's interesting because they're, they're, every year there's more and more of them. Like ten years ago, they weren't really a, a big thing. Like ever, like there might be like a few of them. Now they're almost every major city has at least one. San Diego has one. They're, I think they're getting a second one. They, they do um, have a second one. There's a second one. I think there's three of them. There's Coin House, Coin Op, and then there's another Coin Op downtown. There's two Coin Ops now? And there's a, what's, where's Coin House? Uh, it's up near Coin Op, I believe. But yeah, because there's a Coin Op downtown with like 10 machines from what I've heard. So it's the same company that's yeah. doing the second one? Interesting. So San Diego's out for Pat. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but um, yeah, they, I mean, it used to start with, I mean... Uh, ground control is one I ever knew about originally when I first went to Portland in 2011. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is cool. Then there was one uh, Dorkley's in, in Tacoma, uh, up, up in uh, Washington State. Um, then you find out there's others here and there. So I'm all for it just because if that's the only way arcades stay alive, so be it. If it's if it's people want to have drink and have a good time and it to be a destination for, you know, because you talk about like something like Dave and Buster's, that's not the true arcade games. I mean, I mean those are arcade games, but they're not the classic ones. So the, w- the way for the classics to stay alive, you either have to have a, like a huge fucking place, uh, y- you know, like a huge ar- arcade destination area, which there's only a few of those in the U.S. because not, there's not many people that have hundreds of arcade machines, you know, that could put them out or, and maintain them. And either do that or you do a barcade, and that's really it. So I, I, I think it's good to have barcades. Prices of machines have gone back up because of barcades, and plus people that want them for their man caves or whatever game room so because of that machines 15 years ago machines were besides the, the classics machines were worth nothing 
by and large. At average machine, Neo Geos are worth nothing. Play Choice stands are worth nothing in the early 2000s. Now, there's a demand for them again, which that's good because that means the games get restored, they get maintained, they're not just junked as well. So the more businesses that want arcade machines, the better because yep. they're going to be saved. So that's what I have to say about that. Yep, I mostly agree with everything there. Um, the, it's better than not having them. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't it take it's 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 rare for me to find one that holds my interest. Uh, my problem with barcades is that I think now with the the incredible the incredibly easy access to all of these classic games, just monster packs of arcade classics being released by the companies that hold the licenses to them, digital downloads, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just people's you know huge interest in retro games and having original systems at home. The thrill of seeing a classic game like Ms. Pac-Man out at a bar is not as exciting as it once was, but to you, but they're still there. And it's, it's good to see that people will stop in there to buy a drink and drop a few quarters in there and play. Um, The only issue is I don't see a lot of return I don't see. I don't know of a lot of return investment or return visitors. Return on customers, those. yeah, return customers. Yeah. So it's you either put them in, you either put them in like busy tourist areas, or you try to cater, you know, that bar more to the neighborhood. And I feel like with those, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. It seems like pinball machines actually draw a lot of people to barcades now. And you know, when I go to the barcades, like say Coin Op. There's far more people crowded around the four pinball machines than there are people using any of the arcade machines in the barcade. I'm of two thoughts of this because when I talk about when you talk about classic arcades, less and less people grew up with them. So I'm thinking that maybe the college age kid or someone in their mid to late twenties, someone in the mid to late twenties didn't have arcades sure. already, which is insane to hear almost. So they might think this is awesome. This is something I never experienced. It's a past time point, but it's something you can't get outside of an arcade. You can't go home and play games the same way. You can't go home and play a tapper machine with the, with the actual right. you know, pull on that or or a, a paperweight machine or a pinball machine anywhere. You can't get a home experience on that. So when I think about that, I don't think that experience will ever die out as long as there's a way to transfer that experience to the next generation. I think that's what Barcade is kind of doing. It's unfortunate sure. that it's only really Barcade's doing that. Sure. I, I think that the, the real sweet spot here, and we've talked about this, and I, I think you agree with me mostly on this, is you, you have to have some of the you have to have some of the classics. You throw Galaga in there. You know, throw Centipede in there. Centipede's a big one, but Centipede actually plays into my next statement. Um, but have some of those classics. But I think the real key for Barcades going forward is going to be having arcade games that you that there's something special about it that you can't recreate at home. Four-player games. Four-player games. Different uh, controllers. Trackball track games. Ball. I, I, you know, uh, I, an old Sega game like Turbo, you know, that was very much tied to the how the unit was with the, the paddle and the, you know, the sit down, little screen. Maybe, maybe a sit-down cocktail game. Right. Um, you know, Star and, Trek, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars Arcade with a controller Star Wars that Arcade. was never replicated anywhere. Or even games like Mappy that, you know, no, use a normal... Or well, because it's a, it's a point I'll make. You know, it has a normal control scheme, but it has like a big oversized marquee. It's a beautiful piece of art. It, it looks it's cool. It's, it's very pretty. You know, stuff that 
it's going to catch the eye or it's, yeah. yeah, something that you can't do to elsewhere. Me, to me, that's artwork too. I, I always go back to Popeye being a beautiful piece of art as arcade. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful machine. All those Nintendo machines. Uh, all, yeah, those four or five Nintendo machines are all gorgeous, but I want to own a Popeye machine. Yes, I love the gameplay. I love that gameplay, but the machine is absolutely gorgeous. I will own a Popeye one, one, one day. Same thing with, uh, and plus it's this, it's the sights and sounds of it too. And I, and it, yeah, I, Get back to the point. Yes, I'd like to get in on a barcade eventually. I think that's. I love arcades. I don't want to see them die out. It makes sense for me to try to uh, invest at, at some point, something like that. And plus, it'd be cool to say, yeah, I can go get a drink and play some games and, you know, and have Frank there as a tapper saloon guy <laughs> getting some drafts for people. All right, let's just do one more uh, question here. This is from at MSU Hitman Jason. Wow. Ian. What is the market on Hyperkin's lines of replacement consoles slash controllers like in California? In St. Louis, they just seem to rot on shelves. As around here, it's original stuff or bust seemingly amongst buyers. I love answering these sorts of questions because it really puts into stark contrast just how different, you know, areas of the U.S. are. I mean, we think of the U.S. as one country, but I mean, it's freaking massive. I mean, you compare Pretty big it to, country. Yeah, you compare it to any other place, and it's like, yeah, you, you can fucking there's shove like a few countries in eight here. countries in the U.S., yeah. really. So, you know, it, it, it's things are going to be very, very different down here in the southwest than, say, in the northeast. Um, so the, the Hyperkin line of replacement consoles, um, specifically the consoles, sell very, very well. Um, and... Right as I felt like they were starting to lose in popularity, they were starting to die down in popularity. When was that, you think? Like five, six years ago? No. No, no, no. Or like more recent. A year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, a year and a half, two years ago. Um, we started noticing that our sales in original NESs and Super Nintendos were going back up, and our sales in, like, um, uh, uh, retro, uh, retron duos were starting to taper back off a little bit. Okay. Um, they released the Super Retron HD and the Retron HD. So now we have the HDMI products that are coming out finally. Yeah. The clones. <laughs> and they're hardware clones. They're not emulation based. Um, the Retron HD is like 40 bucks. The Super Retron HD is 70 and it has two controllers. They all cracked the technology. And so all the companies have their HD version. Of right. Them. They, yeah. up, you know, they do some sort of upscaling 720p and people look at these things now. They look at the old Nintendo. And I think at this That's point, it. so many people just go, fuck it. I don't want to deal with the old hardware anymore. We're at that point where collectors don't, aren't buying into the whole, I have to have this piece of hardware. A lot of the people who come in are like, you know what? No, I really am just good with buying the games and playing the games because they can get a Retron HD for cheaper than an NES. I mean, buying it on, a, on modern hardware. Yeah. And playing on a modern TV. Yeah. They can get a Retron HD cheaper than you can get an NES. It hooks up quicker. They're going to be playing it, you know, in five minutes. You don't deal with blowing out the car every three seconds or cleaning as much. Right. You know, it loads from the top. Um, you know, I'm not saying that hooking up an NES is a hassle. It's not, but to some of these people, they're going to get home. They're going to fiddle with it for five minutes and they're going to, their head's going to explode. Sure. Um, we're in a different marketplace now with digital games where you don't want to have to figure out how to play your games anymore. Right. You just want to play them. And I think, you know, we are getting to a point where we're finally getting smarter on some of this stuff and people realize that just because it's a Nintendo and it's old doesn't mean it's worth a million dollars. Doesn't mean it's rare. 
doesn't mean it's magically going to disappear. So if they decide they want that original Nintendo system, they can buy one later. But they get that Retron HD cheaper, that's an extra game that they can buy right then and there. And they can shove it into their HD TV well, with no issues. Yeah, they can move it around. I don't have to say, okay, let's find that CRT that still works. Right. So, yeah, we sell a shitload of those. I, I mean, every order, we just keep increasing the number of Retron HDs and Super Retron HDs we order in because they sell like crazy. And we warranty them for three months, and then uh, Hyperkin has an even longer warranty on uh, those products uh, that they, they, they have like a, an extended manufacturer's warranty. And I can't tell you how good or bad it is because I've never had to like deal with anything on that my own. Sure. But, you know... Yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of problems with them within the three-month window, but I've had people tell me, sure, yes, they've had problems with their Retron products a year down the line, but if they're slapping a two-year, on some of those products, like a two-year extended warranty, really at that point, what's the risk? For a, for a forty fifty dollar item, yeah, it's like eh. forty bucks for a retron. It's not like the retron five, which is two hundred two fifty. That's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah one sixty. Yeah, one sixty. Well, originally it was two hundred two fifty. Yeah. Uh, no, we always had them at one sixty. Well, the retron five came out. It was two hundred dollars. Dude, it was not. It was two hundred dollars when I it came out. I promise you, it was not two hundred. Oh my god! I bought it from Luna for two hundred dollars when it came out. Are you serious? Yeah, right they were they me? were touting it at under a hundred. Then they said one forty. We got boned with them at one sixty. They were selling them everywhere else at one forty. Oh, maybe I was thinking about what they're going for on eBay at the time. Anyway, thought they were like, like two hundred dollars. They were no? not. They were okay. not two hundred. So, um, but still, like a fraction of the price. Forty bucks, you're out the door. So, did you rip me off at Luna for more than the retail price on a Retron Five for the review I needed? Yeah. No, no, we did not. You're just misremembering. Okay, I miss. I need some ginseng on that. So, yeah, there we go. So do you think that's going to help keep the, I guess it might, it's keeping the old software alive a little bit longer because you have hardware that still supports the old software versus saying, fuck it, it's too hard anyway. Just get, just, we'll just get rid of the software too. In a way, I think it's actually kind of boosted interest in in Super Nintendo. The last last hurrah, so to speak. Well, there's been a lot of people who will look at the NES and kind of get like, "Eh, maybe I don't want to deal with this. And then they have an option right there. That's easier. That's easier. Sure. I mean, I, I literally watched a mom and her son hem and haw over the NES for a while, and I didn't step in because it seemed like the kid really wanted the NES, and I wasn't going to, you know, try to steal his thunder. But what you is... know, when she was going over the, uh, when she was going over the, um, <laughs> you know, the price and the pros and cons, I jumped in and you know mentioned the the Retron HD, and How... boom. That was so it. the the Hyperkin Retron. Two, that's not HD. What's the HD? Du- is there an HD duo yet or no? No. It's just one of the times. Yeah, it's just one of the times. Okay. I was going to say, because if they, if they figured that out, they probably couldn't, though, because if it's not emulation, it'd be kind of hard to put the guts of both of those into one. No, they did with the with the, the, the Retron Twin was not emulation. It wasn't? Or the was Retron it, 2 was not wasn't emulation. A chip, was it on a chip? Yeah, it was, it was hardware. It was hardware. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was on a chip it stuff. It wasn't a system on a chip, though. That's what I mean when I talk about emulation. Wasn't it wasn't doing the same original type of hardware, but with you know what I'm saying? It's not emulation like a Retron Five. It's system on a chip. That's what I mean. Getting rid of that system on a chip stinks. That's that's, that's well, that's what all of this is. It's still hardware. Oh, okay. I guess we're splicing hairs. Hardware versus system on a chip. Guess I'm thinking about FPGA more. Okay. Um, All right. Well then, there you go. The the last hurrah for original NES games because of the HD uh, 
before we get to laser vision. Oh, Jesus. Figure, figure <laughs> hologram NES game. Did you see that weird display that was being tweeted around? Was, was that, that like a, it was like a rotating display? Yeah, something, something out of a... Something like Blade Runner. Yeah, it was, was awesome. It was fucking crazy. Was that an older thing though, or is that newer? No, that's newer. That uh, was. It was like at some sort of computer show, like technology show, like sometime this some year. Some sort of CES type of show. Yeah, some sort of gotta, CES squad. You gotta do like visions of us like that in the podcast versions <laughs> of us. Like, yeah, I mean, as soon as like Pikachu and Mario came out, I was like, fuck, I want that. All right, that's it for this CU podcast, Ian. Don't forget about our Patreon at CU. Don't forget about our CU Podcast <laughs> Patreon at patreon.com slash CU Podcast. It wouldn't be a CU I, Podcast without Patreon screwed up for me. I That's, really should have just let it go. You should have. You, you, you pressed your luck. You got I, that whammy. I, <laughs> yep, I did. I no whammy. It. Stop on the way. That was such a great game show. Oh, they brought it back. A more digital version. I didn't, I didn't really watch it. Yeah. Yeah, there was some charm in the original. The original is not random. You see, I see that documentary and the guy that gamed the system that memorized the patterns. He knew... Really? Yeah, there was only like three or four different patterns sure. of where they appeared. So he knew, okay, this is this pattern. I know where it's going to stop at. That's great. Yeah, he won like tens of thousands of dollars where they figured out that's awesome. what he was doing. Anyway, that's it for the CU Podcast. Thanks, Ian, for coming out. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Uh, we're on Twitter at PixelSickle, at PathianiusPunk. Uh, at Pinball Arcade, please unblock me. I, I'm just confused. If I did something wrong, I, that's fine, but I just don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. I never even looked at the, at the Twitter profile before. You tweeted them nudes, didn't you? I tweeted, I tweeted them a dick pic. Yeah, Is that what I did? I think you might have. And celebrate my birthday, please. Have, a, have an extra slice of ice cream cake for Pat. Get some nachos. We should celebrate life more. We should just celebrate more. I don't celebrate enough. I should celebrate. Celebrate good times. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're getting out of here. Ian's got to go home. I got to do some businessy stuff and edit this podcast for you all. And we'll see you in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Luna Video Games. Two weeks. Luna Video Games, May 26th. Chula Vista location in San Diego, 1 to 4 p.m. We're going to be hanging out and having a ball. That's right. We'll see you there.